Good morning, Detroit. Welcome to Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. On a wonderful Saturday morning in the Motor City, this is Paul Benzman. My partner, Peter Perlman's taking the day off today and I uh, hope he's enjoying himself, whether he's working or relaxing. Peter, I'd like to shout out to you, say hello this morning. We've got an interesting show today. We've got uh, several guests coming on uh, at 8.30. We've got two gentlemen who are serial entrepreneurs. Uh, these chill gentlemen are Tony Bird and Brent Fisher. They are co-finders of a company called Hige. Now, if you want to know what Hige is about, um, you know, when you go to the restroom and you want to wipe your butt, you use toilet paper and some people use baby wipes. So this is a combination of a moisturized toilet paper. So they'll be coming on. They're doing a crowdfunding. And we'll find out about these two serial entrepreneurs at 830. I believe they're coming in from Grand Rapids. Two gentlemen that uh, were friends at Michigan State and have been serial entrepreneurs then. So since then. At 9 o'clock, we've got some amazing guests. We've got a new show starting here in March called Home Life. And Home Life is a home show for everything about the home, including the mortgage business, the title business, and what you do to fix up your home and what it costs to maintain the home. So there'll be a lot of unique guests on that show, and that show will be starting the first part of March. So we've got a couple great things coming on. We also have another show, uh, a lot of shows we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. But uh, it's Saturday morning, and it's Auto Show Week, and a lot of things going on in Detroit because we are the Motor City. And... Um, you know, the auto industry is changing big time, and people are wondering if it's on a downturn, on an upturn, and where it's going. And the answer is, it's changing. Everything in the world is changing. We watch the economy change. We watch things changing. We look at the Internet business and the way new reading media is digital and what's going on. And if you look at the auto industry, and I'm going to ask my uh, my staff here to, to chime in on this, because we're going to talk about the auto industry, and people are saying, what's going on? You know, uh, Ford announces that they're going to have mostly SUVs and small trucks, and they're going to eliminate a lot of the automobiles. And um, General Motors is closing some plants and doing their thing. And it looks like Chrysler is gaining speed on everyone. And, and I think that was a move that Sergio uh, Marcioni, Marcioni made earlier, earlier on in the talks. Um, you know what? In, in looking at this, I'd like to turn on the mics uh, on the people in the host. we got Tony and Angel here. And guys, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good morning. Hey, Angel, how you doing? And Tony, how you doing? I'm doing good. How about you, Paul? All right, turn those mics up a little louder. I can't oh, hear them okay. as well. Anyway, so here we are. And, you know, people are thinking what's going on. And, and I want to ask you guys because, you know, uh, Angel, how old are you? 30. 30. And Tony? I'm 21. All right, so you guys are a lot younger than me. And I want to talk to you and get everyone's aspect because what's going on today, there's a lot of things changing in the world as far as what people drive, what they're looking for, what they're expecting because – I've got to put my hats off to the younger people of the world, you guys and everyone else, because here's what's happening. People are changing, and there was a time of greed and a time of money, and everyone was going out to kill each other to make whatever they wanted to do. We saw the recession, and, and a lot of people's hopes and dreams disappeared, and a lot of older people are working till they die now because what they do. And I love to look at younger people to experience their lifestyle because, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, 58 years old, and I beat myself up and work hard, hard, hard. And I have a hard time learning how to relax. You know, it's, if I'm not working, I'm like, feel lost. But uh, my son, who's 28, tries to help me with that. And he does a great job. And, and trying to get that balance later in life is pretty tough. Well, let's look at the auto industry. And they're trying to get the balance of what's going on with them. So if we look at it and we look at, uh, let's say, Sergio Marcioni, and, and may he rest in peace, he decided years ago in the auto talks that the trucks and SUVs were the profitable vehicles. 
and he knew that rates were going up, and he was going to ship all the cars down to Mexico. And they eliminated all the vehicles in the Chrysler division, and they kept Dodge for the sporty stuff, and they did that. But their sales keep going up, and their margins, they seem to be the winner every month of gaining sales. Then we've got Ford Motor Company, who decided we're not going to have the automobiles now because, you know, a corporate decision is, okay, what do we make the money on? It's the trucks. And do they want to spend the money on developing cars? Then we've got GM. And GM's keeping everything across the platform, but they're closing plants and they're getting rid of the elimination of the bad-selling cars. And they're making adjustments. So all three companies are making adjustments of what they do. So looking at this, and, and Tony, I'm going to ask you the first question is, you know, your age, you're looking at vehicles. Uh, oh, and the other thing I want to mention is that a lot of people are buying previously owned cars because of the cars are costing too much. So if we look at a car today, if a car is well-maintained, you should get a couple hundred thousand miles of it. If you change the oils, flip the tires and everything. So a year-or-two-old car, two-year-old car, normally you can get it at a 40% discount of what you paid for a new car. So let's discuss those. Tony, I want to talk to you first and then say, hey, what are your thoughts about the automotive business today? Oh, uh, well, actually, I was just down at the auto show uh, last week. And um, personally, I think a lot of the American manufacturers, uh, they kind of seem like they're in trouble or they're behind the curve. Uh, looking at a lot of the other like uh, booths, uh, the technology was there. It, the cars looked nice and new and didn't feel cheap. A lot of the Dodge and the uh, Ford cars felt kind of cheaply made, kind of poorly built. Um, and personally, I, I don't know if I would go and buy a brand new American-made car. I might go buy, I might go, if I was going to go buy a car, I'd probably go look maybe some of the Asian cars like Honda, all those. Um, and then even looking at maybe like an old pre-owned car, like a pre-owned Ford or something. Because the old Fords, they are built Ford tough. <laughs> All right, so if you look at that, are you saying they, as the interiors look cheap? What do you, what, what's the part? Are you an exterior guy or an interior guy? Well, I, I mean, I'm a little bit of both. The exteriors look nice, but the interiors kind of feel a little, like, obviously. Plasticky? Some, yeah, they feel plasticky, and um, they just, uh, I don't know, they don't feel as, like, sturdy. They just don't feel safe. I don't know. You know, you say that, and, and I'm an interior guy along with the exterior guy. And you're right, because the European and, and the Japanese and the other cars have nicer materials on the inside. And it bothers me for years that these automotive companies, if they spend a few hundred dollars more here and there on the interior uh, and give a better appearance, they seem to cheapen out. And, and it's funny because you look at this, and a lot of people in the industry, the, the headhunters, the numbers counters, the accountants, say, hey, you can't build that car because this costs too much. And then they look at the thing, and, and I don't blame it. On the labor cost anymore, okay? The labor cost, because of uh, automation and all the other stuff, is not the big factor. The automotive companies say, well, the labor cost, the labor cost. I just think these companies are, a lot of them are the same old companies they did before they did their bankruptcies. I think General Motors was too heavy at the top. Ford's too heavy at the top. And I don't think they made the adjustments because the guys at the top make the decisions and they're not going to kill their own jobs. The guys on the line, they work hard, they do their thing, they build the car, and they look at that. So I just think that post-bankruptcy didn't change a lot for GM, and they're making changes. And I think more heads have to roll, and they have to do what they've got to do. Because at the end of the day, you know, I, I believe the product quality is better overall. I mean, seriously, I think it's better overall because, you know, they're not... The automotive companies, do you think they're manufacturers of cars, or are they assemblers of cars? What do you think? I mean, by I mean manufacturers... 
they don't make any parts anymore, very little parts. They buy them from suppliers, and they bid them around all over the world, and the better prices get it. And I think the problem is they assemble it right, but they use a lot of cheaper parts. So to me, I think they're assembly companies, not manufacturing companies anymore. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I totally agree. They're not buying the parts. They're they're just buying the parts from other people. They're not making the parts themselves. Very few parts. They stamp the body parts. They stamp them. But the thing is, is that they're demanding these companies to be cheaper, and it bites them because look at the Takata airbag thing. Look at all these suppliers and what's going on and, and what bites them. So... I think they're they're assemblers and they're not manufacturers anymore. Angel, let's go over to you right now. And and so, looking at automobiles, if you were to say you're looking for a car right now, uh, used car, new car, what's your opinion of today's auto market? Well, my opinion is kind of like Tony said. I've always been brought up to believe Toyotas and Hondas or whatnot are more reliable cars. Yeah, they're going to last you longer, two hundred, three hundred thousand miles or whatnot, and. I don't think cars are just made as sturdy as they used to be, you know, outside and inside as well. So if I was going for a car, I'm probably going to look at the used car market first. And I might try to go with a Toyota or Honda, something that I know is going to last me longer. I get fuel life, longer fuel life or whatnot. I mean, I'm just, the newer cars, I'm just, they don't really impress me too much. All right, and, and so here we go. Uh, I hope some executives that are probably not listening right now will have to send them a copy of this. Is that, you know what, the word is is that the younger people uh, have the foreign cars in mind. Obviously, they think the better quality. And I dealt with that. I, I had one of the first Japanese cars years ago and looked at that, and people down and around. And my attitude is, I mean, I drive an American-made car, made in Hamtramck, and you look at that, and it always bothers me that do I look at a foreign car, a new car, and then as a consumer, I guess i got to start worrying about myself, not the automotive companies. You know, and people say, hey, and, and I'm guilty. I, I mean, I started importing tools from Taiwan when I was 19, and, and I got the tools, and I did those tools. At the end of the day, you really got to look at the thing and say, hey, listen, um, people, we're a global economy, and it's, it's, it's what happens. And, and shaking up the global, global economy doesn't really help anymore with tariffs and all that stuff. I think you got to negotiate and do what you're doing. And, and the tariffs actually cost Ford Motor Company over $700 million last year because of the rise in taxes on aluminum and metal, and it hit their bottom line. And so, speaking of Ford Motor Company, the Ford CEO said to employees, bury 2018, it's deep in the grave. Can you believe what a CEO tells to bury a year? And he's burying the year because they didn't do so well, um, numbers-wise. But you got to realize they're in adjustment, and Ford Motor Company was one of the only companies, or the only company of the big three that did not take bailouts from the government. And the CEO, uh, Jim Hackett, has some communication problems with people with him. And he's got a hard job. You're making your adjustments. You're going to go to SUVs. And it's funny. I was in a conversation with a Ford engineer about three months ago. And he said, the car is still the car. It's still transportation. It's automotive. Just the shape of the car is changing the SUV and, and the size and people want more stuff. So it's still an automobile. It's just called an SUV, the shape. It's a little higher, a little wider, whatever it is. And that's where they're changing it to because that's what people want. Now, when I ask you guys the question, Tony, you first, if you were to buy a vehicle in the next five years, would you look, a new vehicle, would you look at an SUV or an auto, a four-door sedan or two-door? Um, I like to have a towing package, so I'd probably say like SUV. I'm looking for something that I can maybe pull stuff with. All right, Angel? Well, for me, it'd be an SUV, and that's only because we live in Michigan. 
Okay. You know, you need the four-wheel drive, you need the all-wheel drive, you do that, you do that, and you do that. All right, so another topic. So the automotive, so you want to wrap it up just a little bit on this part. So overall, the automotive industry, I don't believe the, the car companies are in trouble. I think they're making adjustments. They're still sitting around 17 million units a year, if anything. If they make their adjustments and they say higher profit cars, the numbers will go up and the quality will go up. Now, most of these car companies, and Ford was the first one to say, we're a transportation company. So they're going to look at autonomous vehicles. They're going to look at other things, look at ride sharing. You know, you look at, at people today, whether buying used cars or using Uber. And, and a lot of people, and part of this is also younger, and we'll bring this conversation right now in the automotive business. People are moving to downtowns. They're working where they live, and they don't want to drive all day. So if you had a choice, Tony, and you could live anywhere and you had a job downtown, would you own a vehicle or would you use a ride share, or what would you do? Um. I think that would be tough. That's really tough. I would have a hard time giving up the uh, giving up my car just because I personally like to go other places too. I don't just like to stay near home. Okay. Um, but I could see yes, if I was living downtown and I wasn't traveling a lot or like moving around, I definitely think I I would just go for the public transportation option. That's what I was just going to ask you. Public transportation. So if you had a choice. You had a nice loft. The loft cost you a little more. You'd probably take the budget off the car and have a nicer loft. Is that probably do? Yeah, I, I mean the the insurance on a nice, on even a little bit of a nicer car alone is just enough to screw you over. So. I get it, Angel. You, I would rather have my own car. I w- I don't want to be dependent on public transportation. I like to get up and go when I want to get up and go. So yeah, I, <coughs> I have my own car. You you like your wheels. I think Michiganders like their wheels and. You know, you go to New York, and they have tr- beautiful public transportation, and they got trains, planes, and automobiles, and they do anything they want. So that's it. The automotive recap, once again, I believe it's in a great shape. Go down to the auto show, take a look at the new cars, uh, foreign, domestic, whatever, um, and do that and, and look at that. And, and speaking of which, you know, VW and Ford announced uh, that they're going to do a joint venture for mid-sized trucks and trucks over in Europe. I think it's a good thing. I think you're going to see a lot of American car companies team up with foreign car companies and say, hey, we do this better, you do this better, let's figure it out. Once again, globalization and see what's going on. Um, so all you worriers about what's going on, my friends call me, what's going on in Detroit? Is the auto industry collapsing? This, this. I said, no, we're not collapsing. We're in a changing world. Would you guys agree with that? I agree. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. So we've got that going. Now we're going to topic over to uh, the world of motorcycles. Harley-Davidson and the big ones are, are hurting. And, and, you know, you look at younger people, we're going to talk about this right now, is that you guys and, and most people are looking, they're not buying these big, fat motorcycles anymore. And they do look at, at cycles, they look at popeds, they look at other things for transportation, but they don't want the big bikes. And uh, Harley-Davidson is stepping up with a $2 million program to get younger people into riding, and they're also going to make a lot smaller smaller uh, motorcycles that these people don't want the big hogs and the Harleys. You see a lot of the Vespas and the old little scooters coming to town and all the other stuff. So once again, the change in the industry, and it's interesting to look at these industries, and I don't believe that a lot of people look at the younger generation or do as much market research to say, hey, where are things going? You know, we're Harley-Davidson. We're the company that's been around. We're the big hog, and we're going to do around it. Polaris, which owns Victory, and uh, Indian, if Victory's no longer around, everything's under Indian. Another domestic uh, company is also looking to make less expensive bikes and do what they want because people aren't buying the big, 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 big bikes. So, you know, we've talked the industry. Uh, folks, uh, if you have an opinion, email us during the week. 
uh, and say something and let us know. Um, but at the end of the day, or if you, you want to uh, talk about it or you want to be on a show and talk about it, uh, go to info at newradiomedia.com and we will find you stuff. Once again, half hour at 8.30 hour, we got Tony Bird and Brent Fisher. They're both co-founders of Hyge. And Hyge is a new way to wipe your little behind. And we'll talk about that because everyone's got an opinion on their butts, right? Their eights, whats, and butts. And uh, that's what's going on. We also want to talk about uh, a few new shows when I get back after this next break. And we're going to talk about some new shows coming to NRM in February and March, mostly March. And if you have an idea for a show, we'll go to info at newradiomedia.com. We'd love to talk to you. Podcasting, either audio or audio video, which we call streamcasting, we offer both here at newradiomedia.com. So we will do that in this. And I understand that we might have a snowstorm coming on Monday uh, and see what's going on there in the Motor City. It'll be our second storm of the year. They're talking between 5 and 10 inches. And that shuts down the world, but it doesn't stop down, shut down Detroit. So anyways, we're here at New Radio Media. Uh, I miss my partner, Peter Perlman. Peter, wherever you are, I hope you are listening and uh, everything is good with you. We're going to take a little break. We'll see you in uh, the other half of the next two minutes. We'll see you in two. Bye. the latest LiftMaster garage door openers and the toughest retractable screens on the market all by the push of a button Tarno Doors is celebrating its 50th year anniversary and is the recipient of the 2016 Subcontractor of the Year from the Home Builders Association Tarno knows doors Tarno knows doors Detroit it's the home of some of the world's most talented artists it's where techno and Motown were born it's a city where you can experience raw, untamed rock and roll. I'm Ben Rose, and I'm inviting you to join me weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 for the Motor City Juke Joint. I'll have interviews with musicians, info on what's going on around town, and a playlist curated by me just for you. It's all right here on NewRadioMedia.com. It's not science fiction, it's science fact. Tiny robots crawling through your body helping doctors to identify disease and perform operations. The tools are known as snake bots and they carry tiny cameras, scissors, and forceps. For now, these snake bots have to be controlled by humans and they remain attached to tethers. But we're not far from the day when the machines will cut the tether for good and be allowed to roam your body on their own in damaged organs. Now already the tethered snake bots have proven extremely useful and they make it possible to conduct previously invasive surgery in ways that were never thought possible just a few years ago. So imagine, for example, a heart bypass operation that does not require a major incision in your chest and the opening up of your rib cage. Now these things are being made possible today and will in the not too distant future become the rule rather than the exception when it comes to major surgeries. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. And we're back to Talking Biz here on a beautiful Saturday morning if you're a polar bear or you're a Eskimo or if you're one of those things. Paul Ben's been here for Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. Uh, my partner Peter Perlman is off for the day. I hope Peter's getting some relaxation or he's working or one of the two. But uh, miss you, Peter, and we'll be back on the air again next week together. Anyways, uh, we've got some new shows coming to NRM. And NRM is excited to see these new shows. First, we've got a show 
with a gentleman named Gerald Valley. And Gerald Valley was a professional skateboard artist. And Gerald's uh, going to be joining us on a very unique show. He'll have musicians on his show, guests for all over the world. Tony Hawk will be on his show. He's friends with Tony Hawk. And uh, how many people know about Vans? Vans, the original skateboard shoe. And the House of Vans kicked off a long weekend party in Detroit. They did a pop-up down on Jefferson Avenue at a closed school. And uh, our crew will be around there, and, and Gerald will be around there. And it's really exciting to look at the skateboard world and what's going on with skateboarding and what's happening. So it's really interesting. And believe it or not, this is a pop-up. But the other locations where pop-ups have been have been Paris, Montreal, uh, China, Hong Kong, Mexico City. And the permanent ones they have are in Chicago and London. So Detroit, Detroit is has got one of the pop-ups. Isn't that amazing what we've got and how it goes? And so Gerald will be talking to Van, and hopefully I think Vans is going to be a sponsor of his show. But some of the guests that Gerald's lining up are amazing. And, and you want to hear about the amazing story of how we found Gerald and how Gerald find us? Do you guys know how that happened? Let me tell you something. We went down to TEDx in Detroit, and we had a booth down at TEDx. And we met a lot of people at TEDx, and a lot of people are now being involved with new radio media. But there was a gentleman that came up there, and he gave them a card. And he said, I only brought one card, and I want to give it to you guys. So this one card happened to be Gerald Valley. And he came to meet us, and uh, Marianne Opt, who's in our sales department, is working with him. And we find Gerald to be a unique guy. He's broken bones all over his body. He's played in hockey leagues over in Europe. And he's just a gentleman who does motivational speaking and, and really was on the edge of death. And actually, I believe at one time almost died and came back. He was just that kind of guy living on the edge. And so by all these experiences, Gerald comes alive and Gerald's coming to new radio media. So it's going to be a really unique show, a lot of fun stuff. We'll have him on starting in March here at NRM. And then the other show that we have two guests coming on today is Home Life. And Home Life is, is going to be a new show that does everything from helping you buy a house, whether it's the, the mortgage on the house, whether it's talking about the title business, talking about real estate. And then we're going to go on to the inside and outside of the house, and that will be a two-hour show here on NRM. So it's going to be a fun, very fun and productive show on NRM. Uh, we also have a, another show that uh, we're starting to tape. will be in March. Uh, Kim Adams, Kim Adams from Channel 4, the lovely Kim Adams, has joined us. And we have Today's Good Health. So if you're a doctor or in the medical profession, uh, you might want to get on that show and be part of that show. So that will be launching in March. So we've got a lot of unique shows uh, coming aboard and what's going on here at NRM. And we are in discussions with a lot of other things. Our production department is working on an animated series with the voices from L.A. So a lot of the top voices from L.A. are coming on. And we're getting a lot of requests from shows from all over the country uh, being that we've got a law firm in, in Houston that's talking to us about hosting their platform or on our platform with the show. And another thing we're launching is that, no, we have video here, but we're also going to be doing audio and video shows. So at the end of the day, if you just want an audio podcast, we've got that now, and we'll be able to do that at a very affordable price. So a lot of th new things on the menu at NRM and a lot, a lot of good things. So that's what's happening uh, if you want to do something here at NRM and you just decided you heard about us and, and you want an audio or video podcast, go to info at newradiomedia.com. Some of the other shows on the network is we got Henry Gornbein, uh, right, Gracefully Grain. Henry's an amazing gentleman. Henry does his show, and it's about people that are gracefully grain. And what do you do in your older life, and what do you do 
and some of the stuff you can look forward to because people are living older and older. They said that the person that's going to live to 120-something has been born. And it's really amazing with all medical care and what's going on and what new fixes and stuff, new body parts, and people living healthier and going that way that people are living older, so we're going to have to deal with that and what people do with living older. So that's Gracefully Grain right here on NewRadioMedia.com. We've got uh, two special guests coming up in just, oh, let's say about six minutes. We've got uh, Brent Fisher and Tony Bird, the co-finders of Hige. Hige, that's what you do to wipe your butt. A new innovative way for the behind. And speaking of that, we also have some unique stuff coming up in the martial arts field and contact sports. Uh, we're probably going to get big into boxing, big into MMA. We've got a tick kickboxer coming on that great that is a world champion kickboxer in his mid fifties, a gold winning kickboxer. He's going to be around. So we'll have a lot of unique stuff with sports popping up. We do have the new show with Josh Monticello. Um, we've got uh, the baseball show that's been launched, and so a lot of things. If you're into sports and whatever you are. Bring it on board because we're looking for some unique content here at NewRadioMedia.com. Hats off. I want to talk to Adrian and say hello to Adrian Lenhoff who's out there. Adrian is the PR company for the guys at Hyge, and Adrian brought them in. So I want to thank Adrian for our first guest coming up in just a little while. And also, um, excited about the 9 o'clock interview with the girls from Home Life. So as we approach the, the bottom of the hour here, I want to ask you guys a few things. So I'm going to put the mic on again for Angel and Tony. If you don't mind, let's uh, talk a little bit here. So you guys, um, what is your favorite stuff? And we're talking about New Radio Media right now. What kind of content do you think we should add to New Radio Media? Tony, I'm going to ask you first. You know, some of the new stuff, what are you excited about? Oh, I've been pretty excited about the Greenway Outdoors show. Oh, you know what? I didn't, And I didn't even mention that. Sorry, Greenway Outdoors you know, that is an amazing show. They came to us. They've been on cable for three seasons. They've got over 100,000 people listening weekly, and they joined us. And matter of fact, uh, they do wild game dinners, and they do all those things. I was at the, one of the wild game dinners. It was amazing. They sold that out. And speaking of dinners, we also have Food Channel coming up, which we're going to do with Chefs of Detroit and everything else. Marianne Opt is working on that, and that's going to be a unique segment here at NewRadioMedia.com. Angel, what's your thoughts? What do you, what do you like going on here? What do you think we should do? Uh, Greenway Outdoors is one of my favorite shows as well. I'm glad to see Jackie coming back next month. February. Yeah, Jack, um, yeah, yeah. And I'm actually excited about the the kickboxer that you have coming on board. I'm actually interested in that show. And yeah. Ian was telling us about the show that had something to do about the shoes or whatnot, like the shoes. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, we got sneaker biz coming, yep, guys. Yeah, yeah. We got the sneaker biz, and we'll be doing a lot with the world of sneakers. We've got Juan and his partner and that gang. It'll be around here. Sneakers are big, so we'll be doing stuff with sneakers. That is old genre. So it's imagine they do a sneaker swap down at Kobo, and I went down there. Have you guys been any sneaker swaps? No. All right, so it's really it's an interesting sneaker show where people go out there and, and they trade and they buy actually they buy gym shoes. And these guys, Jake and, and Juan, have built a show there. They did their 15th show down at Kobo a month or so ago, and I was down there. It's amazing. We're going to try to recreate stuff with them and imagine we put in – a half pipe at the show, and then we also are looking into the world of e-gaming and exploring the world of e-gaming. So there's a lot of cool things going on here at NRM. And once again, if you're listening and you want something to do here at NRM or you think of, you have an idea for a show or all that stuff, just call us or email us. Excuse me, not call us. I'm the old time. Email us at info at newradiomedia.com. Now I want to throw something at you two guys and see what you're interested. We're 
tossing around a drunk relationship show. So just imagine, guys, we'd have two women and two men in the studio. They would get drunk, and they would talk about relationships. Is that thumbs up or thumbs down? Tony, what are your thoughts? I think it's a thumbs up, but it might be a thumbs down for who's ever in the studio. <laughs> well, I, we, we would have a doctor here, and we'd have a breathalyzer to make sure they're drunk. And so the breathalyzer company, and, and I think it'd be unique. And, and what about you, Angel? What do you think? I think it's a good idea. I like it. <laughs> All right. So we have we have two thumbs up. Guys, I love you was my idea. So anyways, <laughs> I like when there's a couple yes men around. I want to thank some other people here. Glenn Hirsch, um, who joined New Radio Media several months ago. And Glenn has been, and not only is he a good friend, but Glenn's ideas and Glenn's visions are amazing. And sometimes they say, Glenn, speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down. He's just an amazing human being. And because of Glenn, uh, we have Home Life. And we have Home Life coming up. And this is a, a production. And because of Glenn, we've got the martial arts, the MMA and everything. So there's a lot to give Glenn credit for here at NRM. And we're going to give him credit for, you know, bringing in Elizabeth and Melissa for home life. And they'll be here at the 9 o'clock hour. So very, very excited. It's good to be back on the air. I've been off for a few weeks. Uh, Peter Perlman, my co-host, will be back next week. Uh, Peter, I miss you. And uh, we should have some great stuff going on. Not will. We have a ton of new stuff. And like I said, if you want to be a guest on NewRadioMedia.com's Talking Biz and want to talk about your business, send us a line at info at NewRadioMedia.com because, guys, we love you. And we love what's going on there. So I want to thank everybody who's listening this morning. It's uh, it's 829, and uh, it's uh, cold, cold outside, a cold winter morning at uh, in Detroit, in Detroit City. If you're going down to the auto show, you should really, 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 really dress warm and uh, take care of yourself and make sure that uh, you're warm down there. And I understand that uh, today they are expecting almost a record crowd down there. The other thing with the auto show, this is the last auto show in December. Uh, next year it will be in June, and they expect to have it all over the city of Detroit, more test drives. The indoor show was getting old, and a lot of manufacturers dropped it because they go to the electronic show. So Detroit feels if it's in June, they'll beat the electronic show because a lot of manufacturers are going there because of all the electronics in the cars, and there'll be a lot of changes. So the June auto show will start this June in the Motor City. Uh, people were worried about, hey, what about the hotels? Well, they won't be busy in December, but they'll be busy in June. So I think it's just a shift. I think it's going to be a great shift and a great move for Detroit. The automotive business is alive and well and kicking. We've discussed that earlier in the show. And we're getting ready in about another minute to take a break. Uh, Listen to this, guys. We have two young entrepreneurs. They were roommates or best friends at Michigan State, and now they are serial entrepreneurs or have been. Their latest uh, company is called Hydes. They're both co-finders. Tony Bird and Brent Fisher will be joining us at uh, about 8.33, 8.32 of the hour. But uh should be an interesting conversation. I love when young entrepreneurs come on the show because at that way we can uh, really talk about what it is being an entrepreneur. And I'm a serial entrepreneur, and I love talking to those in, in, in entrepreneurs and uh, seeing what they're doing around. I want to thank Adrian Lenhoff for bringing them us to New Radio Media. So we have a great show this morning, and we've already gone through a half hour. It flies by really quick. And the next hour and a half will probably be just as fast, if not faster. So you're listening to Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com. We're going to take a break. We'll see you in two minutes with our guests. Advertising your business these days can be challenging. Traditional radio and TV ads are expensive and, frankly, a bit of a crapshoot. Not to mention, the audience for over-the-air material is shrinking as more and more of us demand to see and hear what we want, when we want. Advertising on New Radio Media is a solution. 
With our live streaming programs that are also available on demand, your message is always ready when your customers are ready to watch and listen, all for a fraction of what you'd likely have been paying for other ads. NewRadioMedia.com. Call Buzz Van Houten at 248-939-9999 for more information. Maple Lane Golf Club is a 54-hole golfing treasure located in the heart of Sterling Heights. Maple Lane Golf Club offers immaculate greens, a top-flight pro shop, and inexpensive green fees. For convenience, book your tee time online at maplelanegolf.com. Come out and enjoy a great golf experience. Try our 9 and Dine special, 9 holes of golf, and enjoy food and refreshments in the Clubhouse Bistro. That's Maple Lane Golf Club in Sterling Heights. Check us out at maplelanegolf.com. Millions of teenagers depend on popular medications such as Accutane or Roaccutane to control their embarrassing skin blemishes. But researchers from Tel Aviv University say those pills can also lead to eye infections such as pink eye or styes. See, the problem appears to be linked to the drug's tendency to dry the skin, the lips, and the eyes. Your tears only lubricate the surface of the eye, but they also wash away bacteria and viruses. Fortunately, there is a simple solution to this problem, though. And all it takes to minimize your risk is to use artificial tears or eye drops to keep your eyes lubricated while using Accutane or Roaccutane. Both are readily available over the counter at any pharmacy. So if you have any problems with eye infections and you're using either of these acne drugs, then you should also talk it over with your doctor. Now it's also important to avoid rubbing your eyes when they feel dry. Instead, that should be your signal to grab your eye drops and re-moisturize your eyes. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. Good morning, Detroit. I'm Paul Benzman on Talking Biz here on NewRadioMedia.com. On a Saturday morning in the Motor City and around the world, you listen to us at www.NewRadioMedia.com or download our app at NRM Streams. That's NRM Streams in both app stores. I want to welcome two guys to the studios who are serial entrepreneurs and friends from Michigan State. We've got Tony Bird. Hi, Tony. How you hey, doing? Paul. Nice. Good morning. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for coming in. And we also got Brent Fisher. Hey, Brent. How you doing? Hey, Paul. How are you doing? Good. 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 Great to have you guys in the studio. You're co-founders of Hige. But I got a lot of questions before we get to the Hige, okay? Because right, sure. Because you guys are my kind of guys. You're cereal entrepreneurs. That means you eat a lot of cereal, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Every morning. Yeah. Healthy kind, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Brent, move the mic over just a little bit because you want to see my face. And the guy, yeah. thank you very much. Yeah. So you guys are cereal entrepreneurs. And, and I want to look at this. You know, uh, Tony, where are you from? Where, where were you born? Uh, born and raised in uh, Sterling Heights, actually. Sterling Heights. Okay. Yeah. And Brent, where were you born? Clarkson, Michigan. Clarkson. So here you are. You meet at Michigan State, right? Yep, yep. And what year was that? Was that 2009, I want to say? Yeah, right around yeah, 2009. And how'd you meet? Were you guys just friends? You ran into the lunchroom and your roommates? What? How'd you guys meet? We were accidental roommates uh, in a big house of about like 13 or 14 guys. wasn't wasn't really a frat house, but it kind of naturally turned into a frat house. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I, I think one day uh, he had to move my car. And, yeah. and, and so, long Did he wreck it? Uh, fortunately, <laughs> he didn't wreck it. I was okay. a little skeptical. He like, didn't wreck it. A stranger, my keys. Like, he, okay, go ahead. So he gave a stranger. That, that trust factor right away. Yeah, that yeah, trust yeah, factor yeah. right away. So you moved the car, and it was like, yeah. you know, partners at first sight, right? Partners at first sight. Well, <laughs> yeah. Tony, Tony's definitely uh, intellect. So he's working on computer engineering, and like, yeah. he's going all these different molecules and atoms. He's talking about the electron flow. I was like, oh, this is really fascinating information 
and we kind of naturally just started hanging out and like you know talking about things and he ran a construction company um you know painting company and then we i was like that's very fantastic like what you're up to that's really cool um and everyone was like yeah tony's the rich one in the house he's making all this money and stuff in the summer you know paying for his college i'm like yeah, I like rich. his entrepreneurial spirit. You know, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family, and I was like, I want to get in with this, you know. So we teamed up, and we were having all these different grandiose ideas. We want to, you know, do, build this home solar kit for uh, Home Depot. We were working with a, a master electrical uh, yeah. engineer, and then we wanted to, um, you know, create this thing called the College Paparazzi, and it was kind of like the Instagram for, like, spring break, you know, in a way. And then we wanted to create, like, the Amazon for, uh, you know, sustainable technologies. And we, you know, we teamed up and we took it all on. But the construction company was the only one that was, like, you know, making money to pay the bills. Uh, so we moved forward with that, and uh, we learned so much about business. And uh, we became really, fr- you know, good friends. And one thing that we always, you know, kind of did together was we wanted to create you know, solve big problems, yeah. you know, you know, sustainable technology, let's bring home solar kits. Uh, we're working on, you know, smart homes. We want to create smart homes. We always want to kind of be in the forefront of industries and, you know, you know, make them better, um, with our, you know, visionary ideas. And, uh, it's been a pretty exciting journey together, you know, based on trust, yeah. um, based on, you know, cause we also sold some businesses and we were went different directions. We had different degrees, right? Like we weren't, didn't plan to like start Boy, a construction you guys, company. You, you guys sound as bad as me. I mean, let me ask you a question. <laughs> so let me ask a question, Brent. Let's go yeah. back a little bit. Do yourself a favor. When you hit the table, the mic picks it up. So be okay, careful. Yeah, yeah. So hold your hands down. You're an excited yeah, guy. Right. Anyway, so he was the entrepreneur and stuff. What were you doing when you met him? What was I doing? Yeah. Uh, just going to college. Um, I played college cross for a little bit, okay. and then I took some time off and uh, was just you know doing school and networking, meeting interesting people, um, and uh, yeah, nothing entrepreneurial at the time. So you said you you came from a family of entrepreneurs. Your dad's an entrepreneur. What did your dad do, or what did your dad do? Or so he do? owned a, a company called Green World. Okay. Um, it was more on the environmental landscaping, lawn care. Mm-hmm. Uh, type thing. So it's kind of brought my environmental, like my my green thumb. He was always talking about the grass and the environment, and you know VOCs and how to you know make sure that they're all granular, granular and you want them more more organic because you know pesticides and everything like that. So it's pretty fascinating. And I didn't really, I guess, take it at the time, right? Your, your dad always you, you kind of go against your dad, like oh you're talking about grass and stuff, but it kind of just naturally you know broadened me and my like you know environmental. Um, you know I'm kind of environmental guy of the the group. You know I was trying to take care of the environment yeah would you would you believe you're a product of your environment you know you're around your dad the entrepreneur i would say you're always a product of environment until you get to the point that you can change your environment right yeah. so then you start to change it and do it yourself so um you know I, i'm definitely not like somewhat similar but definitely a lot different in a lot of different ways and, and you'll find out the older you get you're going to be more like your dad and you're going to get probably things start thinking, <laughs> you know the yeah. stuff he told you is like okay you know what yeah i don't believe you and then you get into my age in the 50s and late 50s start I'm saying the same guy <laughs> dad dad you know I'm, I'm i'm sorry dad i didn't think you were right back then right, and right. you are right and you start talking to people in the air and talk, talking to your my father passed about five years ago oh, sorry, and that. you start looking at that and say you know yeah. he wasn't always wrong you right, know, he right. was he was right in many ways so you look at that, Tony. You know your family background. What was your your family? You know What'd my you uh, my dad's blue collar, and uh, my mom. She's an occupational therapist. Okay. Uh, my the entrepreneur kind of my family is my grandfather, who actually yeah. passed a few years ago as well, and he had a um, 
you know, real estate, uh, you know, projects going on all the time. He was he was a draftsman and engineer as well, and he had his own consulting and, and built his own business around that. And so I got a lot of inspiration from him. But uh, uh, you know, more of it was just kind of uh, thrust upon me. I, I I never liked working for other people, yeah. and uh, and and so this opportunity came for me to start knocking on doors and basically sell uh, painting and siding services and. Yeah. Uh, long story short, I realized, well, I could probably do this myself, but I'm going to need credentials and I'm going to need to go. And so I went and while I was getting my degree in, in computer engineering, I got licensed as a builder and I started expanding that out. Um, and, you know, it, it, I just kept every summer trying to pay for school, knocking on doors and building it out and building it out. I love it. I love it. You know, it, 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 it makes you a stronger person. It, right? I, I really recommend at some point in everyone's life they knock on doors. Yeah, I mean, you, you get... <laughs> Every, every, any any sort of fear, any ever you know, like public speaking, and all just transfers. I mean, I we used to I had some other people that work with me. We knock on the door, and we'd have dares like who could be the most embarrassing going up there to <laughs> just as part of the you know the experience, and it, yeah. it really helps your uh, your presentation and and your your grit. Um, you appreciate every sale that you get. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sometimes I'd go and, and knock on a door and, and meet someone and. Um, never met them before, and then hand me a deposit check for three thousand dollars, and I'm, you know, I, you know it's amazing. eighteen years old, seventeen. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. thanks. Like, yeah. you know, I could just go out and do whatever. It does. You know, it's it's interesting because you know, and we talk about it. I think my greatest experience was when I was on the road repping furniture. Okay, and yeah. the same thing. And, and the nose make you stronger. Yeah, right. Oh, they really do. The nose do. make you stronger. You get a lot of rejection. You yeah. just got to keep them. Over, yeah, it's it. it's you know, it, it, I I sold a business for you know that I developed over ten years and. Had a choice to move to sunny Florida to be part of a company or go be a manufacturer's rep with my father-in-law at the time. Yeah. And it sounded great because I had 70-something accounts out state that were all mine. Okay. Yeah. And he took care of our van and Gardner White and everyone in Detroit, mm. and he had that. And I went out there, and the first trip, long story short, is I, I knocked on – I had appointments with 13 customers – and they all told me that my father-in-law changed his sub reps like people change underwear. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that unless I'm around for six six months, they're not going to buy anything. Wow. So I had that challenge. So I got slammed the doors 13 to... times out of 13. Yeah. And I had to figure out how I was going to reinvent myself. And those go. years made me more confident than everything that I knew if I had the guts to go call on people, yeah. I could do anything. Absolutely. And you do that. I to, mean, yeah. you get used to rejection. I mean, when you're doing something, you're building a business um, – if you can't, if you don't expect rejection in every form, rejection from your customers, rejection from your employees, rejection from your investors, rejection oh, yeah. from, uh, if you're not used to it and hardened to it, then you'll think you're failed, like you failed already, and you'll go off and, and you know, do something else instead of push through and be like, no, I just I need another door to You know, it's, the, it's that, you know what, there's, uh, failure's not an option. That's right. <laughs> failure's not an option. You know, got to win. So, Brent. I'm going to ask you guys to think about this. You've had some ventures together. How many ventures have you guys done together? Okay, count them up. Yeah. <laughs> like six or seven, yeah, I would say, like seven, formally, yeah. that, that yeah. turned into actually businesses. We had so many ventures like, together that if you kind of like looked us up, it said we were brothers. <laughs> you know? All right, so let me <laughs> ask you a question. And we're not going to talk about the new product yet. Sure, sure. Okay. So out of everything you have, give me your biggest failure, your biggest you know, hit out of the ones mm -hmm. you've done so far. So let's talk about it. What was the biggest hit so far of what you guys done together? That's a good question. That's a good question. And it depends on what, I mean, you know. Hit-wise, monetarily, or pleasure, or a product you felt that was the best deal up to what we're doing right now? Maybe the Senate? Well, it definitely failed miserably in its first. <laughs> you know, we, we've, uh, yeah, I mean, back to that, that, what I was just saying, like, I don't even think, we, we, we never look at a failure in a negative light, right. but, uh, yeah. but I'd say, you know, we. They're all learning experiences. They are, okay? yeah. 
We uh, we wanted to build this this um, group in, in Grand Rapids. So I, at the time, I was working for Dow Chemical, and I was going back and forth between Grand Rapids and Midland. Yeah. And uh, and I started to really like Grand Rapids, and so I you know I'd stay with Brent on the weekends, and you know I'd start meeting people. We started networking a little bit, and uh, to kind of expedite the networking, um, I was reading Benjamin Franklin's biography at the time. Okay. Actually, it's called. Uh, um, he had this group when, when he was, you know, I think around 23, 22 years old called the Junto that would just, you know, all the business owners from around town, the printer, you know, and, and, and your, you know, like every, every business that was around at that right, time. Right, right. And uh, instead of um, kind of competing against each other, they would meet up and they would they would help each other out. And they started the first local lending library by everyone bringing books and everyone taking books off their shelves and firefight and everything. So um, inspired by that idea and, and, and with Brent and, and networking and some of the people he had already brought to the table, uh, we wanted to build this kind of city club. Uh, for all the local business owners so we could talk with them and get their advice and figure out, you know. Especially our journey, you know, with entrepreneurship that no one really taught us. You know, there's not an education or curriculum for it. Right, right. It's all kind of like trial by error, like figure out this guy, connect you to this guy, connect you to this guy. Like how great would it be if there was just one place that all these kind of already vetted entrepreneurs went to that you could really help accelerate each other's business and, you know, help each other grow and, you know, hey, let's do this idea. And when entrepreneurs get together, like just energy and excitement and synergy happens that you can create new things. And it's just like that that energy we all kind of feed off, right? Oh, let's do it. Like, yes, 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 let's do it. Rather than the non-entrepreneur mindset, like, oh, you can't do that. You, know, you can't do that. And that's why they never So that was your that. greatest exciting thing that well, you guys put so, together. So, yeah, we, put, we we had this grand aspiration of building this still exists. Massive City Club and, yeah. and, and, you know, co-working space and everything all in the all under one roof, yeah. um, which stemmed from when we were working together at the, uh, with the construction company. We'd always be working on Panera Breads and, and stuff <laughs> right, like that. And, like, you know, we knew, and so anyway, um, we, we got it together. We were running it for a little bit, and it was just bleeding money. I mean, there was no way to sustain it. <laughs> wow. And uh, and so we, you know, the, the culture and the networking was still there, and it was still supportive. But as a business, it really was just failing. And we're like, all right, we gotta we gotta call it. Like we love this. But what what's good is that some of the uh, aspects of it definitely remained, and, and the group stayed connected. And uh, and like Brent said, I mean, still to this day now, it's kind of just gotten a revival. Um, and and it's still flourishing now. Um, right, so that was a hit. Yeah. That was a hit. Very good because you know you look at that and we learn. Uh, real fast question before the break: mm-hmm. um, Have you learned more on the streets being entrepreneurs than you learned in school? What's what's a better hundred percent? So, so you answered <laughs> that. 100%. So so you would say that that education you don't get taught in your school. No. And you got to really learn from the hard knocks. Even as an engineer, I would say, which isn't which is a very intuitive um, taking on projects with with clients, uh, software projects, and, and building them out. Um, you know, obviously, you have to learn programming languages and things like that, which which you can learn in school. You can teach yourself, and if you want, but uh, the scope of a project, making sure you build a product that people want and they're going to use in the right way, um, you don't get hit in the face with it in that way in school. It just doesn't, you know, you're not getting that, that user experience. Yeah, so. very good. So anyways, uh, the first 17, 18 minutes of the show was flying by. And then yeah. when we get back after the break, we're going to talk about the new product mm-hmm. and do that. But uh you guys are both living in Grand Rapids now, or who's living? No, where? I, I live in Grand Rapids. Okay. In I live downtown Detroit now. Yeah, downtown so Detroit. Like, You're in a, in a loft. Divided. Uh, yeah, basically, it's the old uh, river. The river place. Uh, you know, is the old. Um, the like Strohs plant. Davis, yeah, the Park, Park, Park Davis, Davis plant yeah, over yeah, there yeah. near the Rattlesnake yeah, Club yeah, and everything a, yeah, over there. Exactly. Right there it's a great spot. You got the hotel over there. Yeah. You got the river walk over exactly. there. You got everything. I walk my dog down that. Great location. You're in GR. Where are you in GR? 
Uh, right downtown. Yeah, just a little downtown right outside, is yeah. booming. Downtown. Well, it's a little, a little outside the downtown area, but right, right there on the. All right, side, got the, yeah. they got the music in my ear, so I'm gonna have to tell you. Uh, <laughs> we're talking to the two guys here from Hyge, the co-founders of Hyge, Tony and Brent, and we'll be back in about two minutes, and we'll talk about the new product you guys have. See you in two. Hi, I'm Andy, and I'm David. Join us for fun and adventure on our new show, Podquesters, where we fight through imaginary battles and pray to the dice gods for good rolls. Yes, it's an epic sweeping adventure. We try to fulfill our destinies without driving the Dungeon Master crazy. I thought that was the point. Anyways, check us out here on NewRadioMedia.com, Fridays, Podquesters. See you there. I'm Jackie Callen, Dr. Mark Berkowitz. We all accumulate so many products. They probably dry it yeah. out if I open the jars. You can't miss the team member with Medicare. You're a critical part of the team. Yeah. But I don't eat the yolks. That's the, not really helping them diet, is it? They're, they're not getting anything out of it. It goes right through. With these relatively small steps, it becomes a lot easier over time to make major lifestyle changes. Put your arms out if you want to. Whoa! <laughs> The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says there was a substantial drop in diabetes deaths in the decade leading up to 2006, especially for deaths resulting from heart disease or stroke that's attributed to diabetes. American adults with diabetes are still more likely to die younger than those who do not have the condition, but the gap is getting smaller. The findings come after researchers looked at data from 1997 to 2004, covering nearly a quarter of a million adults. The mortality rate may be falling for some very simple but sound reasons. People with diabetes were found to be less likely to smoke and more likely to be physically active than they were in the past. And there also have been some improvements in controlling blood pressure and cholesterol levels. But sadly, the news is not all good though. As the CDC also says that the prevalence of diabetes is likely to rise in the future largely due to poor lifestyle choices and obesity. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. And welcome back to Talking Biz here on NewRadioMedia.com on a Saturday morning. Paul Benzman, my partner Peter Perlman's off on holiday today or work, one of the two, but I think work <laughs> is his holiday. I want to welcome back to the studio Tony Bird and Brent Fisher, the co-founders of Hige. And we're going to talk all about Hige, what Hige is. Mm -hmm. And so you guys invented something that you want to bring to market, and I believe you're doing a crowdfunding for $40,000. You're probably Correct. almost there, 30-something, I think I looked at it, you're at. Mm -hmm. And then after you raise that, you have a investor for a million dollars round funded. You have someone sitting there. Yeah, basically. So I mean, you know, this is a, a tough product to bring to market. It costs a lot to get it into full scale production. And so um, part of our crowdfunding campaign is to show, kind of like a proxy for the market and, and the demographics that are really going to uh, have the greatest lift and 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 buy this and and where's the best fit, and uh, and and so part of part of this kind of you know uh, you know product optimization and branding and everything optimization um, leads into the investment dollar. So after this campaign, we have all these pre-orders placed, and then we get into closing with the investors to to get to full-scale production and, and uh, get everything out by September. Good, very good. Are you going to use factoring for the orders to help fund it? Are you guys familiar with factoring? 
uh, like to actually leverage the orders to yeah to, sell, yeah, sell yeah. the purchase orders. Yeah, and yeah. You pay three percent a month. I'll get into that in a little while, but I'm going to ask a question. Yeah. <laughs> How did you come up with Hige? Okay, you know, obviously yeah, there's a good. need in the marketplace, right? And you look yeah, at the, everyone's yeah. got a butt, and you know, yeah, got to figure yeah. there's a demand for it. Yeah. And a lot of people are using wipes, and a lot yeah. of people want to use wipes the combination with toilet paper. Did I right. answer the question? Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. How'd you come up with it, guys? Yeah. So, um, kind of how we were telling you before, you know, we lived together several times. We, you know, bought some properties together that we lived in. We got to know each other pretty intimately, if, if you will. And uh, Tony was really into personal hygiene, and I was really into, you know, into environmental hygiene, like keeping our, uh, you know, space really clean and tidy. Um, so we always would talk about hygiene, right? I'm like, yo, you gotta clean up after yourself. He's like, you know, you gotta like take longer showers. You know, it's just kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah. funny. Uh, so one day we were just, you know, talking, you know, talking about different industries that had no innovation ever and like how do we you know you know as a visionary like how do we make it better and tony was actually on the toilet i, I believe to as, <laughs> and as, as you do when you yeah. come up with good ideas he's like yeah. you know what uh, yeah so so my family growing up we for whatever reason I don't, I don't know where it comes from but we almost all of us my cousins my my parents you know my brother you know everybody all use flushable wipes uh, and i wouldn't say an excessive amount but kind of an excessive amount of flushable wipes I mean, we really um like to have clean buzz and so, uh, so much so that we, we don't, we barely have toilet paper in the house. Yeah. I mean, once you get used to the habit of that, you don't feel clean if you wipe with just dry paper. I mean, it's right. kind of like washing your hands. You know, if you have mud on your hands, you don't just find some dry paper and scrape it off. I mean, you get right. soap and water and you wash it and it's, uh, right. you know, it's, it's clean. And so, uh, so I was sitting there, I was living with uh, my girlfriend at the time. And uh, I even got her into never using toilet paper. So we're sitting. I'm sitting there on the toilet talking to Brent about you know in, industries that need disruption. And um, wait, you were on the toilet talking. I was to on the yeah. toilet talking to Brent. <laughs> <laughs> standard, okay. you know. I sometimes I do it too. I'm staring at the uh, empty toilet paper holder on the wall. Yeah. And reaching around, grabbing these bags of flushable wipes. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, fall off the toilet and grab it. And like, this is ridiculous. They just need to make a case that fits on the toilet paper. So that was the first, you know, part of it. And the interesting thing about how they are packaged now it's kind of what you used when you were a baby right it's right. kind of like that baby wipes and that's so. why people don't maybe want to like say yeah oh yeah i use flush wipes because they're like baby wipes you use when you're a kid so how do you how do you normalize it right it's still in this kind of uh some people think it's weird or they're a little bit awkward talking about it if you go to the you know the, the aisle it's got this little weird spot in the aisle oh, and the yeah, whole right. aisle is filled with toilet paper so you think that's normal this is weird right and so um so we came up with the idea well you know what if basically toilet paper and flushable wipes had a had a love child okay. um and 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 that's you know and and how do we how do we really um, get people to realize that to be properly hygienic, you need to, you know, wipe yourself, you know, with proper, you know, material, um, but without all the issues that also come with flushable wipes, you know, the, the clogging, you know, the this, this sewer septic, you know, backups. Mm -hmm. So we went and did all kinds of, you know, research and development and, and found, you know, a version of the wipes that were 100% paper instead of like the incumbent brands that have plastic and, and you know, uh, polyfibers in them that don't actually break down and, uh, and, and then put that in, in, in a roll and, and more efficiently so you can get more wipes on it, you know, per package and normalize it. So it looks good in your bathroom too, you know, these bags like you know, sprawling over. It's one thing 
looks great and and uh, cleans you properly. So let me ask a question. So you've got that, and you do the wipes. Are you guys manufacturing the wipes, or what are you doing? Is is the hides the delivery system, or the whole thing together? It it, it is actually the the whole thing together, and uh, we we have a uh, um, you know various relationships you know around the states where most of the product, almost all of it, besides the actual wipes themselves, are going to be assembled and, and produced in the United States. Um, there's a big hotbed for the the non-woven industry in Wisconsin. Um, and so there's a lot of contacts and things like that we have over there, but it's going to be, uh, um, yeah, produced fully by us and, and, and streamlined. You know, again, it's 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 going to go through, you know, more versions and, you know, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a tough. We're we're getting changing the habit of how people wipe their butt. You know, it's that's a tricky thing. So we've got another minute. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Are you ever thinking about licensing this to bigger companies, or do you want to control the whole thing? Yeah, I, I mean, there, there's that available, and, and it really depends on, on on offshoots and things like that. We we have uh, you know patent pending uh, relation, you know, protection around this, and, and various other th- patents related stuff that we're adding to our portfolio to protect it. But uh, mm-hmm. it comes down, I think, it's going to be very heavily dependent on the brand. Um, Incumbent brands already have flushable wipes, and they have toilet paper, and so they don't want to cannibalize their own markets. And, right. and they're also already seen as like they, people don't really trust them, right? And we are building a product that's fully transparent. There's no hidden ingredients in the fragrance, you know, right, thing, right. and and it's uh, it's going to actually clean you and and uh, and be kind of sexy. <laughs> so it's all patent, no trade secrets. It's all patent. No, it, I mean, yeah, and, you know, uh, utility around that, and um, uh, it's it's you know, for for our from our perspective, we think the brand's going to be very important for people to trust this in their household and uh, and want to display it to their guests. All right. Well, we got to take another break here because yep. we got to pay for this thing. Here. <laughs> and uh, we're talking to uh, Brent and Tony here yep. of Hige, the co-founders of Hige, and we'll uh, got to take a break to pay the bills, and we'll be back right. in two minutes. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The new Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly. All for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And action. And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. The things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on NewRadioMedia.com. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. 
Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. Show me someone who eats quickly and chances are I can show you someone who's overweight. Japanese researchers report that people who eat quickly until they're full are three times more likely to be overweight. The findings which appear in the British Medical Journal indicate the eating style can be just as important to your weight control as what or how much you eat. The dieters have been told for years to eat slowly to give your body time to register the food it's already consumed. You can help yourself and your children by making sure everyone eats slowly and in calm surroundings. Now this may be quite a feat to achieve in a day when it's so common for people to eat while watching television, which is a major no-no for anyone trying to lose weight or to control their weight. So remember that when it comes to eating, your mouth is faster than the signals that tell your brain that you've had enough. So slow down and give your body the time it needs to work properly. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Brackman. Good morning. You're listening to Talking Biz here on NewRadioMedia.com on a Saturday morning. Paul Benzman in for, uh, not in for, but by partner Peter Perlman's on the road and will return next week. We've got two lovely guests in the studio this morning. And uh, these women are going to be launching a show in March here on NewRadioMedia.com called Home Life. I'd like to welcome to the studio, we've got Melissa Landry Presser over here. Good morning. How you doing? Good morning. Good. You're doing good. All right. And on the other side of the studio, we've got Elizabeth Gagne. Hi, Elizabeth. Good morning, Paul. How Thank you, you doing? Thank you for having us this morning. Hey, thanks for you two being here. I know it's uh, up early and it's cold in the morning. You're normally at the gym in the morning. I know Elizabeth. And yes. I missed it. And Melissa, you're just waking up and have your coffee, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I met the two of you a few months ago and we got talking and your personalities were fun and the way you two work together and talk so naturally. You've been friends for what? How long? 20 years? 19 years. Yeah. yeah. 19 years. How did you two meet? Um, well, we were looking. I own a mortgage company, um, yeah. New Century Financial in Birmingham, and we were looking for a closer. Uh, I was also a partner in a, in a title company, and so we needed somebody, and we hired, we interviewed Melissa and my other two partners. The minute we interviewed her, we said we have to have her. And so the day, actually, the day she started, I went out. And I said, Melissa, do you want to go out and have a drink and get to know a couple of my uh, staff? And uh, we went out, we hit it off, and we've been friends and um, partners, colleagues. basically. Yeah, colleagues. Wow, wow. So, yeah, so Melissa, so that's how you two met. And then yep. you got into the title work. And so you've been in the title. Were you in the title business before that? or I you, was. And where did you work before you met her? I was actually, at the time, running a construction builder development you know, over in uh, Rochester Hills but before that was a uh, title and so it's been about 33 years between real estate lending and title and I fell into title and loved it so I wow. just and, stayed there and hats off because I know that a gentleman in our office our CEO had you close on a transaction yeah. he says it was amazing and Elizabeth did the mortgage and he said how oh, wow this was the most seamless greatest adventure that I've ever done so it was really, really, really nice. Love those kind of compliments. So yes. I, I met the two of you, and, and Glenn introduced me to both of you, and Glenn's been doing a lot of work, Glenn Hirsch, and doing a lot of stuff here at New Radio Media. And um, we talked about doing a show, and then, you know, a little hesitance here and there. We're going, how do we do it a little bit? Hey, Elizabeth, talk, move up a little closer to your mic, but they're perfect. And maybe we move down the levels a little bit. So anyways, 
Um, you guys, we talked about it. We knocked it around after several meetings. We decided, and, and you two came up with the name Home Life, you know. Yep. They were going to call it Home Life. And, and we talked about, you know, your deep experience in what you two do. I mean, I was very impressed at, at Elizabeth and you, Melissa, and how long and how professional you are in the business. And so then we went to a home show. It was with Elizabeth and Glenn, and we went around and looked at these people and realized that there's a lot of them out there. And then encompassing everything around the house, I really like the name you guys came up with, Home Life, to really encompass the life in your home. And and it's it's really exciting. So, you know, who came up with the name, or did you both put it together? What was the deal? I think we both did. Um, we both uh, talked about what it is to own a home, um, and everything encompassing the home, like you just said, uh, we really want to bring uh, knowledge to everybody out there about how to buying and selling and everything in between. Yeah, uh, there's so many things that happen with being a homeowner. You know, your furnace goes out, uh, you need a new roof, and we want to bring some of these people on our show to give their expert opinion on what the homeowner needs to do. And of course, Melissa and I can offer our expertise in the mortgage and title and all between the two of us, we have over yeah. 25 years experience. Wow, so good. Melissa, so you know, we go in companies at home. And I, I believe there's gonna be a few segments in it, getting to the closing table, we're mm -hmm. really getting the experience of buying it. So I assume in that department, we're gonna bring in what? Uh, residential agents and? Real estate agents, and well, the big thing is when we sit and we realize talking with buyers and sellers, a lot of times they don't know the whole process. It gets confusing, overwhelming. You even get to the closing table, they didn't understand the process from why did I have to have an inspector? What did it mean having an inspector inspect my home? And the whole process with getting a mortgage now is a little bit more so than it was a few years ago. So, well, it's a lot different now than it was 25 so, years ago when I started in the business. The mortgage process and the industry and Fannie and Freddie guidelines and, yeah. and um, a lot of the other programs, newer programs, but some of the other programs that were available years ago are no longer available. So, it, our industry is changing uh, literally every day. Uh, every day. And yeah. monthly, we get news what what's allowed, what's not allowed, and we just want to bring that knowledge to customers looking or buying, selling, or needing some services for their home. Right. Yeah. So let's a go back go. just a little bit because we've mm -hmm. got plenty of time here to discuss. So let's let's look at the process. I'm a consumer. I'm a first time home buyer. I don't know what to do. Who should I call to help me find a house? I mean. Is it, is it, is, should I go alone and look at homes or what do you recommend? No, uh, first real estate agent. Okay. <laughs> They're the professionals. They get the bad rap in the industry because it seems like they don't do anything and they do a lot more. And that's why we want to make sure they even get on and be able to show and share with people why. They're the professionals. All right. So now you can, you said I should get a real estate agent and I should yep. find one. How do I find the right real estate agent? I'm, I'm new to Detroit. I don't know the area. I, I need someone to help me. I want someone to guide me and tell me what's going on. What do I do here? That's a good question. I always say go by people that you know and trusted somebody who have already purchased a home mm -hmm. and they know somebody who trusts somebody. Or you go and knock on some agent's door that you already aware of. But you can also go to your title company or your real mortgage. estate lender because yeah, you're going to want to get loan approval so yeah. that you go out and you're buying and you know what you can afford. Right, you really do need to get a pre-approval letter before mm -hmm. you even start the process. Right, so so, so I'm, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm new at this. 
I don't know what's going on. I'm new to Detroit. I don't have any friends here. I just moved here from outer space. And I'm looking at this and saying, okay, um, are you going to help me with your show, Find Good Agents? I mean, if I want to listen to your show, can you give me solutions to everything? Oh, of course. Yes. All okay. right. We're going to definitely direct you to the, the correct real estate agent, the mortgage company. Of course, my mortgage company can help you do any of that. It was a pre-approval. We have several agents that we work with that we can refer um, in the area that specialize in the different areas. Not all real estate agents are good all over the place. Um, you know, they, some of them specialize in Birmingham, some of them specialize in Sterling Heights. So you really want to direct them to something that, that they can actually help the client find a home that they're looking for. And of course, having a good mortgage broker um, to be able to give them the pre-approval and say, this is what you can afford. And they can have that when they meet with the agent so that the agent doesn't have to, knows exactly what the buyer can afford. And they're not taking them to houses Three hundred thousand right. dollar houses. They can only afford one hundred and fifty thousand. So here I am. I, I'm. Uh, I'm new. I, I found an agent. Uh, doing the agent, and you know, you've been in the real in the mortgage business how long? Twenty five years. So you're in. You know the ins and outs. You've mm -hmm. been around. What's the name of your company? New Century Financial. And where are you guys located? We're located in Birmingham. We've okay. been um, in down in Birmingham for twenty five years, and we specialize in residential lending. Um, uh, our company is does no, mostly no cost and no points. Right, so, so if a home buyer has five percent down, um, they're easier to get into more of a home because we try to make it so there, there's no closing cost other than their down payment and interest and escrows. So I like a small company and I like mm -hmm. to go in there. I'm not the one who wants to go on the computer and try to fill out a form and get my think my you know my approval in three minutes, which is really not an approval, right? So, no, you have to actually have an actual pre-approval ran through Fannie or Freddie Mac, right. which is actually giving you an actual, it's not a pre-qual. Yeah. The pre-qual is not really anything. The pre-approval is where you've actually given the information to the lender, they've looked at it, they've ran it through the system, they actually have a physical approval. How long does it take for that pre-approval? Oh, um, uh, a phone call on the, uh, conversation on the phone with the borrower and it takes about maybe 15 minutes. Really? So, but then you have to verify everything they told you. Is that what you have Correct. to do? They okay. can email us, you know, we're, we're taking that information that they gave us over the phone and then they can supply us via email or with the pay stubs, bank statements and W-2s so that we can actually say, yes, this is, these people qualify gotcha. based on their credit. We pull credit and we run it through Fannie Mae system um, and get them approved. Very, very nice. So we get that. So we we got we found how we get an agent, and you, you guys lured me to an agent. I'm new to town. I got an agent. I call New Century, right, and, mm -hmm. and say, okay, you know, Elizabeth qualified me for a mortgage, and now I, I get the mortgage, or I find the house, and uh, I get the mortgage, and now I have to do this thing called the closing, right? And then we're looking at you. Well, there's more of a process before you ever get to my table. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Fill me in, ladies. What do I got to do? I'm the end. I'm the end. Okay, so I, <laughs> I'm Elizabeth. The last okay, so Elizabeth, what else do I got to do? I, I, That's I got where a the mortgage. I'm, stuff come I, in. I'm an agent. The agent right, tells so me that. So I need to talk to the agent. The agent says, "Hey, you got to do this, 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 this." Oh, I forgot. Isn't there a thing called an inspection? Yes. So I got to make sure this house doesn't have termites and I, I buy it and the door doesn't fall off in my hand when I open it, right? Correct. And the real estate agent handles all, all of the inspection because that's done in the beginning of the process. Right. And then once the inspection is complete and it's approved, everybody agrees on it, then they apply for the mortgage uh, with, with a, a mortgage company, myself or another company. Uh, and then 
that process, we submit everything into the underwriter. The underwriter gets it approved, and once everything gets approved and cleared, we set, set the closing. And there has been some guideline changes um, with TRID, uh, which is a government program that has made it a little bit, in my opinion, a little bit more complicated. Um, and it's a, the process takes a little longer just because there's a waiting period. Uh, you can't close right away. You have to review the documents at, at least three days in advance. And that's what we try to do. We try to make sure that throughout the process, the client is understands everything that's going on, what they're expected to do. And to, at the end, when they get to the closing table and they see Melissa, and my clients would see Melissa, there's no questions. She handles everything, explaining everything, but that's also done in advance. And they've had those documents to review at least three days in advance before the closing. It's by law now. So there's nothing surprises when they get to the table. Very well, good. it's the CD mostly, isn't it? The closing disclosure, correct. Mm -hmm. So they get that closing show. So I got everything done with my real estate agent. I am uh, got my mortgage all set. I got to go sign all these papers and sign my life away. Now I get to Melissa, right? Yeah. Okay. So I pretty come, much. Okay. Come to you, and and I've been to closings in the commercial side and all this mm -hmm. stuff and residential and all that stuff. You got a lot of papers you got to go through, don't you? Yes. I mean, I always say the biggest and hardest part of my job is avoiding paper cuts. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, you got papers, and and once again, probably added more papers than ever after the new licenses and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, some of them. You know, because when we looked at, let's go back a second when we had the mortgage crisis. I mean, they had stories where dogs were signing papers and mm -hmm. people had dogs on their names and then, you know, the liar's loans and promised, hey, listen, oh, yeah, this is what it is. Because I can tell you a story. I know someone who oh, got divorced and she wanted to redo the house and the mortgage. And I think she must have been on a divorce list because a broker from another state called her up and said, hey, how you doing? And became her best friend on the phone. And she said, well, you know, I'd like to get this much. I'd like to mortgage out the house and fix it up a little bit. So I'd like to get a mortgage. And I need about $270,000. So he said, you know what? If you told me you made $70,000, I could qualify you for this. Mm -hmm. And so she said, I'll got to tell you that? Yeah, just tell me a stated income, what you make. And, uh, you know, this person stated the income and got that going. And then she says, well, he came back and said, well, I hate to tell you, I can't get you the 270, but I can give you a first for like 240, and I can get you a second for the other 30. So, you know, but, you know, because of what you say and you document it, I can do this. So they closed down the mortgage and they got the first for 240, the second for 30, and the first payment comes around. And I can't pay this payment. I can't pay the payment and, and the payments. I can pay the payment the next month. I can't pay it the month after. I can't pay the payment after that. I can't pay the payment after that. Wow. And I can't pay the payment after that. I'm sorry. So now six months and the foreclosure comes. And that takes another six months or so. So now this person's living in the house for no money, no payments for a year. Who was guilty? Is it the mortgage guy that called her from outstate? Or is it the person that I know, Elizabeth, you're shaking your head because you're on the mortgage side. Or is it the person that said, oh, yeah, you know, I was, I was led by this mortgage person and I got all these papers and now I got to go bankrupt and do whatever. You know, and I want both of your opinions on this one. Okay? Well, now you're getting into real estate law. That's, okay. well, that's, <laughs> that's a little bit This is different. just opinions. Which is also somebody we would have on the show. Yeah, you know, yeah definitely. I hope we're making situation. notes. Yeah, but oh, We've the, already got those down. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Your opinion on that. I mean, is it, it and Elizabeth, I'm going to ask you because you're the mortgage person. Is it that broker that called from another state who had a list who never met this person, 
leading the person or was it the person that signed the papers? Well, that's a really big question, right, Paul, right, because right, right. I don't believe it was the bank, the brokers or the banks. I believe it was the government okay, that yep. initially said you, um, when Janet Reno, um, Frank Dodd, all of those people said you have to own a home. The, right. the Real Estate Investment Act right, that right, we right. put in place. I get it. Uh, they, if, if they weren't doing it, the person would go down to the bank, uh, the, the bank next door, and get the loan. Yeah. And their ratios, debt to income ratios, were allowed to be at 60, 70%. Yeah. They, they said everybody deserves to own a home. So they're putting people that couldn't afford it into a home. And and that's what happened with our the mortgage crisis and no verification and, of and anything. no verification of course those loans don't exist anymore that's oh. what i was referring to earlier right. saying that all of those programs are no longer there because so many people lost their homes i agree with you I, and I so think i that... don't believe it's the bank i don't i would educate my clients and um just let them know like hey listen you can't afford this you need to pay off some debt even though my system is approving it yeah. you really can't afford it and they were allowing 60 to 70% back-end ratio, and that would take their debt, their total debt, and divide it into their income. And it would be as high as 60 to 70. There's no way people could be afford that payment. I, I mean, I like your thoughts. I believe in what you're saying, because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, it, it was the laws were written that way. Did you watch, what was the movie that was written on the whole meltdown? Did you, I forgot the oh, name Oh, it. it was the big... Uh, it was really good. It was very good. Yeah, and I think it's, it gave that. I think it showed What's that. that, that, that all these people, We'll think about there it. There were we'll a keep, couple of them. Yeah, no, but there's one I think we're thinking of the same one. We'll think about it. We'll look it up on the break. Okay. But but anyways, you know, I do believe you're right. It was the rules and regulations that were so loosened up that it was just a wild, wild west out there. Yes. And you look at that. So that's that's great, and I'm glad we discussed that. Mm -hmm. And once again, this is just another thing we'll be talking about on home life and all these oh, yeah, things. I mean, definitely. there's so many we topics. Can... I mean, your, your show could be three days or three hours. I mean, it could be so. Right. There's well, so much. Go ahead, Elizabeth. I, I mean, uh, Melissa. I remember when I was processor in loans, it would take a good almost 60 days yeah. to do a loan from the beginning to the end. And when I went to work as a title company closer for Elizabeth, I remember walking in. I said, how are you able to process so quickly all these loans in less than two weeks, three weeks and get from the process to the end? I mean, we were pumping them out so fast. And she said, it, it was the guidelines, but at the time, they were all extremely qualified people yeah. on how we did it. But I didn't know at that point that the, the rules had changed so much. Yeah, I get and it. And that where it made it, like you were saying, well, so much easier. 2009 and 10 is really when things wow. started well, changing. Do you hear that industry. music in the background? That's the hint that I gotta say we gotta go to a commercial, so okay, we gotta pay okay. for this place because the lights don't come free. Anyways, and you're listening big, to Talking right. Biz. We've got two wonderful guests from Home Life, a show coming up here in March. We'll see you in two minutes. Welcome back to Who's Got Chutzpah. I'm your host, Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson. And are you ready? Uh, Andy, what holiday is this associated with? Oh, boy. Uh, uh. Sukkot? I'm sorry, that's not the answer we were looking for. Whitney, for the win. Can you tell us which holiday is this? I'm I know. Shavuot. No, I'm sorry. I've got the answer. Ta-da! What? My show, Let's Talk Torah, where we talk Torah, holidays, faith, and all the things that help us live our life. That's Let's Talk Torah, Thursdays at 3 p.m. on NewRadioMedia.com. That's pretty good. 
Yep. What's up? This is your boy Walter Jones, also known as Zach, the original Black Ranger, and you are geeking out with Geek Tainment Weekly at New Radio Media. It's worth the time. A new release long-term study concludes that women who work the night shift are at greater risk of developing breast cancer. The report appears in the journal Occupational Environmental Medicine and shows that working more than two night shifts a week can raise the risk of breast cancer by as much as 40%. Even more troubling was the finding that women who worked at least three night shifts a week for a minimum of six years had a 50% increase in their cancer risk. The study also found that the risk was almost four times higher in women who considered themselves to be morning people. One possible reason for the increased risk is the interruption of the normal human circadian rhythm, which is your body's internal clock. Disrupting normal sleep patterns over a period of years compromises the production of melatonin, which is a hormone that's been shown to suppress cancer growth. Early risers who did not work any night shifts were found to have the lowest risk of developing breast cancer. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. And we're back here at Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com on a Saturday morning in the Motor City. Paul Benzman, my co-host Peter Perlman, is off for today's show. And here we are. We'd like to uh, welcome back to the show Melissa Landry-Presser and Elizabeth Gagne. Good morning, girls. Good morning. Anyways, we are. Uh, we talked a little bit, a little catch-up. You guys are opening and starting a show here on New Radio Media called Home Life in the first part of March, and it's going to encompass everything about the home. Uh, they're going to have stories and how getting to the closing table, which will really be the real estate side, I believe. And mm -hmm. then we're going to have Beyond the Closing Table, which is really going to encompass everything in the house, right? Right. So we left the break. We were talking about closing and all the paperwork and what's happened in the mortgage world. And we learned a lot for the last few minutes and what's going on in the industry. And, and I assume you guys are keeping them up on the latest in the industry, correct? And talk about the, the latest in changes in mortgages and stuff like that. And so we were talking right there. We get to the closing table, and, and you know, we talked, Melissa, we're with you now. And we're, <laughs> we're closing the mortgage, and, and we're at a table. And, um, you know, normally there's who there, the lawyers, and what's normally? No, that's more on a commercial end. Okay. Often with the residential, they don't always have the lawyers there. If they do have a lawyer, they have it reviewed ahead of time, right. and their questions are answered well before they get to the closing table itself. But sitting at the table, if you're a first-time home buyer, you're sort of nervous, scared, don't know. Even though you've had everyone look at your shaking and yeah. a little nervous, but it's it's one of those processes that I like to make it calm and easy and not had any problems. And often you get to a closing table and there's unhappiness because it's a sellers are divorcing and they've brought their attorneys or. So it's just making sure that it's a cool, calm process. So as soon as they leave, by the time they remember the beginning and the end, they remember a good, pleasant experience. So you got to think about it. You've been doing this for many years. Mm -hmm. Are there any stories that stick out of your mind? Don't use names or whatever. Is there any, like, one that's been a disaster or, like, saying, like, the closing from hell? Have you had any of those? Sure. You know, I was like, it's like, okay, we got the closing from hell. What's the longest closing you've ever been? How long time-wise? Uh, longest closing? Probably three hours. Three hours to sign paper. And was that was it? more back when it comes to funding. 
and it yeah. didn't have anything to do with New Century Financial because yeah. uh, now a lot of them have to get funding approval. But when I do their closings, we don't have to have funding approval. But the hardest or scariest one is usually when there is a seller involved, like for the divorce. I'll never forget the time that they came to the closing table and her attorney had just left the county and filed a lien on the property that morning because he wanted to make sure he received his fee, which was a part of the paperwork. So I was like, um, you, you, you can't do that. We can't do anything here because now there's a lien that we're aware of and my job is to make sure there are no liens because we're giving the new homeowner free clear title. Was and this like a new attorney or was it like? No, he was not new because uh, he's like, well, just give me a piece of paper and I'll sign it and release it. And I said, that's not how it works. You have to do a release, which you would think he would know that. So I said, let's do this. I'll draw it up or I'll help you and you could sign it. But by the time he left the closing and went to his office to do the paperwork, he died. Wow. So we had to get clean title within that process of him being gone. So nothing's, so. nothing's quick and easy. It's, it's, you no, earn, you it earn seems your money. like it. Yeah, but you know, you earn your money. It's like you look at this thing and you say, Everything hey, seems simple. And yeah, then. I say if it's quick and easy, it's illegal, right? <laughs> if you do that. And so, you know, Elizabeth, we're talking about, you know, the, the getting to the table. We've got this all going on. So let's go to the next step. You know, you're all encompassing. So what kind of envision do you guys see? And, and what kind of guests do you think you'll want on, you know, contractors? What do, what do you see? I'm going to start with uh, Melissa on this one. For getting beyond or getting yeah, to, getting I think on beyond. all of it, you're yeah. going to have the beginning process between uh, your real estate agents and your inspectors and your attorneys, and then going past a lot of that, you're going to have, how do you maintain this new home investment that you've just put your life into? You want to make sure it grows in value. So you've got uh, improvements. You want to maintain windows and treatments and decorate it and the roof. Did the inspector tell you it may need to be replaced? And pavers, what will that do? Landscaping. And the whole process from owning a home and maintaining a home, because you also have a lot of new environmental things you can put into a home to keep the air clean with the air ducts. And all these people have these professions out there that are so good at what they do, but a lot of homeowners don't even know that they need to reach out to a lot of them yeah it's like you know do that and like i i want to barbecue and i want to build a big barbecue yes. in the backyard and they make bricks. it look so easy on hgtv i can yeah. do it myself yeah. diy projects aren't yeah. that hard but but I, I gotta find someone i'm busy working i can't build exactly. that so you're gonna find me someone that does uh i want a barbecue pit and i want a fancy <laughs> barbecue i want a fridge out there i mean i watch these things on tv and i see these things at shows where you could basically move your kitchen outside. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's cool. So you help me find those people? Yeah, that's what we want to do. Yeah. Wow. Our goal is good. to educate people and yeah. to get everybody together um, to so that every, it's co cohesive so that people can um, know where to go to get these services, as Melissa was talking about. Wow, it's pretty cool. I know that, uh, that uh, let's see, I'm just thinking because I know here at New Radio Media, we can help these people market their business. And I think the combination is going to be interesting because, hey, a contractor wants leads, right? I think they yes. want to get leads. Mm -hmm. And we went to the home show a few months ago, you know, you, Glenn, and myself. And we went and said, hey, and we talked to people. And it was amazing. I mean, it, I, I told someone was like shooting fish in a barrel. It's like, well, we're not getting the response anymore from radio or TV. And we said, well, have you talked about digital? And, like, their ears opened. And right. it was, like, really weird. I mean, you went one way, Glenn and I went one way. And we're talking to people. And I said... 
hey, if I could get you qualified leads digitally that were very measurable and you saw that, he goes, tell me more, tell me more. I said, mm -hmm. well, we're not right there yet. We're not ready for yes. you. But, I mean, we were only there for an hour. I know. And, and it was just amazing. It was a smaller show. And we found these people that says, hey, let me know, let me know, let me know. So I was really excited about the show you guys would be producing because mm -hmm. it was just like crazy. And we know that with the digital pinpoint marketing that we do, that we can find these people qualified leads in the areas they want and what they're looking for. And I think if we look at the combination of the two, you two educating people and talking about you know getting to the table and, and talking to these these contractors, I think there's going to be a lot of useful information out there. And I think that you know we talked two hours and I want to make it three hours, but you know you look at this yeah. thing and it really could go well and, and do that. So it's interesting. I hear you three are off to the home show today. Is that what yes. I hear? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I no have much. a closing. <laughs> you, your work is never done. You have a closing, and, and you do that. So, you know, get out to the show, and we look at that. Um, you know, if you have any information, or if you're out there and you're a contractor listening right now, send us a line at info yeah. at newradiomedia.com and say, hey, I want to talk to the girls about home life, and whether a sales agent comes or one of the girls talks to you personally, mm -hmm. you know, we know that this is going to be such a big genre, and I'm so excited for you guys coming Well, and talk on. a little bit. I'd like to just ask you a little bit about the pinpoint marketing. Yeah, let's so talk about that. If somebody is looking, let's just say, online, yeah. and I know I've looked online before looking for ordering something online, a, yeah, yeah. a dress or anything, pretty soon everywhere I go, <laughs> dresses and everything are coming up on Facebook, yeah. on any, uh, on my internet, anywhere, live streaming. Exactly. And I just looked at it or looked for a car, went online and looked for a car. So now all I see is car ads. So is that going to be the same now? It's it's part of that. It's it's behavioral. And what happens is that the computers know your behavior. You know, it's <laughs> like everyone says this big brother watching. Hey, as soon as you put it by a cell phone. You give up your rights to people don't know where you're at. I mean, just mm -hmm. what it is. And we have to look at technology and change. You know, there's both sides of technology. Is it good for humanity? Is it bad for humanity? And the shift. So last year, digital advertising beat all of TV ad revenue. So people are getting more from the digital world than anything. Internet sales are way up, and that's what's going on. So what happens is that we look at behaviors of people. We work with a third-party company, mm -hmm. and we look at behaviors of what people are really looking for, what they're looking for, and what they're doing. So let's say they Googled... I want to, I'm looking up barbecue pits and I want to build right. a barbecue pit. And so that creates a cookie and the computer knows that you looked for a barbecue pit because your phone had, or your computer or tablet has an IP address. So you know that. And also your phone is on Bluetooth most of the time because we're all not switching it back and forth from Bluetooth. So let's say I'm at the home show in Novi and I can tell about 30% of the people go to the home show because we pick up their IP address and say that's a behavior they do. Mm -hmm. So if they looked at something for a barbecue pit and they went to a home show, there's a pretty good chance that that, that customer is looking for a barbecue. Right. And so when we get a company that says, hey, I want a barbecue, we look at that and we say, okay. And we can send a message, a print ad or a video ad to them. And then it redirects to the page that you guys are really having for your client that sure. has the barbecue pit. So it's really pinpoint targeting and looks at Because when people put an ad on the radio or TV the signal just goes out to the wild, wild west. It's like a shotgun. All these pellets go all over. We don't know who gets hit by the pellet. If you look at pinpoint, it's like taking a rifle. Mm -hmm. And I want to shoot at the target. I want to make sure I get mm -hmm. the target. Well, that's also good. But more so for the company that's doing pinpoint marketing, they have a report. And it says that 100,000 people saw the ad and 150 reacted and redirected to your site. That's pretty good information, right? Oh, yeah. Then you have those 150 people, and you can send something back to those 150. And better yet... 
you find a number that people found out about your site naturally. So they already know about Home Life, and they come back to Home Life without being redirected. They just started building the brand of Home Life. So that's how really Pinpoint works. So it's really simple, and it really helps these people. And when you educate people, and we're in the digital world, and we find out we're in education because anyone over 35, 40 has to be educated. I had to be educated. I'm 58. The last two and a half years have been an education process. The younger people know everything. We know nothing when it comes to this. So as long as we learn it, we educate people, it's the way it's going. It's just the way that business is and the way the world's going. And that's a big part of why we wanted to do this show. We find there's a lot of people that are not educated and want to have that education and a place to go for it. And that's a huge reason we decided to help with that. We're going to pick it up because we once again got to pay the bills. And time right. is flying by. You're listening to Talking Biz. We're talking to Melissa and Elizabeth about home life. We'll be back in two minutes. I'll tell you what happened. G'day, Morty. I got the Szechuan sauce. We're at C2E2 with the legendary Chris Claremont. Greetings, my fellow geeks. My name is Jordan Trevilian, and this is Get It to the Geeks. We are here with David Yost, the original Blue Power Ranger. Nobody right. promised you when you bought the thing on PS4 that you could play it on Switch. But your, your excuse is garbage. I'm going to pull out my crossbow. All right, sweet chainmail armor. Let's see what you got. The Bee Gees song, Staying Alive, just might help someone you know stay alive. It's one of those beats you just can't get out of your head once it's there. And it turns out the disco song has 103 beats per minute, which happens to be the perfect number to maintain the rhythm for performing CPR. A study out of Illinois found that doctors and medical students who listened to the song while they were practicing CPR not only performed flawlessly, but they also remembered the technique five weeks later. The keys to CPR are performing the technique aggressively, that is pushing hard enough and pushing on the chest fast enough to force the blood to where it needs to go. So when it comes to proper technique, it turns out that compressing the chest to the beat of staying alive really can help the victim stay alive. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. And we're back here at Talking Biz at NewRadioMedia.com on a Saturday morning. Paul Benzman, my co-host Peter Perlman, is off, I believe, working. I was kept saying vacation, but I think he's off working. Hey, we just left. We saw a commercial for WXE Cage Matching, and uh, we'll be doing that, streaming their services here on our new sports channel. We'll have boxing, cage matching, all the time. Before we took the break, uh, we were talking here with Elizabeth and Melissa, the, the future hosts of Home Life. And you brought up a great point, Elizabeth. You were talking about pinpoint marketing. I want to add to that. That pinpoint marketing is proud of the program of, of home life, what you can do for your guests and how you can get them lead. So there's a lot of value in home life, and I want to talk a little bit more about what the value means to these people. And if you look at the world today, everything is digital. So people are getting their, their information on phones, on tablets, and computers. They're not watching TV as much. And and you look at that, so TV ad revenue is down, so the advertising is, is not useless. It still works for people. And radio still works for people, and they're, they're advancing. But radio's gotten to more digital. Here at NRM, we're totally digital. So we started digital, and we teach people what we can do and how we can do it. 
So the home life will encompass not only the information you give people for how to handle the coming to the closing table, after the closing table, but it will give them the tools they need and the suppliers they need to do everything they need for the house. It's going to be so encompassing. At the same time, for the vendors that are on the show, it gives them opportunity to pick up leads Mm -hmm. and to be able to say, wow, and it will be a value for everybody, the consumer, the vendors, so educational-wise, and you'll create business for these people. So it's it's really exciting what we're going to be doing. And, and Melissa, you're shaking your head. It's very exciting. It, it, I'm it, very excited about that. And what was exciting when I first met you two and, and watched you two go back with each other <laughs> and talk, your communication with you two. So I think it's also going to be an exciting show. I mean, the personalities of you two, I have to say, are really we're excited to have you two. Uh, on the show well, and, and well, say you, Paul. because yeah, uh, <laughs> Melissa doesn't take the compliments so while she's turning oh, back. Oh yeah, no, I am very excited. <laughs> I thank you very much. I mean, I just love her. We've been so together, working together, and we really respect each other. What we do, and yeah. we know we can count on each other, and that's the big thing. When I know I have a closing, or I know I need to push off something off for Melissa to help me, I know it's done, and um, that's always been really important i'm excited about the two of you because really what i really liked is the way you two talk to each other and and the best was hearing from a customer of both of you Mm -hmm. to say this was like the greatest experience i've ever had and today you don't hear that a lot of people you know it's it's like customer services i don't want to say this wrong but i think it's the the inhumane the the personalities are disappearing from a lot of things and this is not to knock my younger guys who guys give us information but I think the communication skills are a little different today, people texting and talking. I still like to pick up the phone and talk to someone oh, and really do that. And, and so, you know, especially during the, 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 the buying a house, it's a scary process. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're hoping you get approved. You, you've got your eyes mm-hmm. on a house. You've bought this. And then something haunts you from 20 years ago. That you say, wait, I didn't know that occurred or that yeah, happened. Yeah. And you look we at find that. that meeting with people personally and sitting down with them, I mean, of course, this was more prevalent 20 years ago when we started we we started our business by going to people's homes taking an actual physical application on their in the kitchen table and and getting gathering all the paperwork yeah and and then doing the same thing closing at their home 30 days later we built our business by doing that and our clients expected that now it's not so much anymore melissa goes to the home and does the closing but we don't necessarily go out and take the application like we used to because all of that's, you know, email, online and stuff. But having the personal uh, connection with the clients, uh, it makes a big difference. Yeah, I got a problem. I don't want to uh, wait for an email. I want to call you up and say, hey, Elizabeth, do me a favor. Right, right. Ease, ease my nerves, you know. Mm-hmm. What is this thing about Section 245792 that I don't qualify, <laughs> right? It's like, yeah. it's like, oh, you know, Paul, you got the wrong number, it's 2742. But either way, it's that. So I just, you know, something like that. I mean, and yeah. and, and, and like I said, I've been to closings, a lot of closings on, on the commercial side and a few residentials of my own. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to have someone there who knows what, you know, explained to someone says, what am I signing here? I mean, yeah. you know, the person's, the lawyer's not there and they're saying, wait a second, this tells me that you take my right arm and my left arm. He said, no, don't worry about that. It's only in case of this. <laughs> right? Just your firstborn child. Just your firstborn <laughs> child. And that's what you do. You know, it's like, okay, here we go. You take the firstborn child and you got this and you got that. So it's it's really interesting if you look at that. But I, I you know, it's, it's I'm, I get more excited about the show every time we talk about it and you look at it. And, and, and what you're going to do for consumers and people. You it, know? It's very exciting. Yeah. I'm looking and forward to it. I think the it. advertising, the pinpoint marketing is more bang for your buck. I think you're going to get the advertiser people that are 
yeah. going to be coming on our show. Yeah. They're going to get so much more exposure than, as you were saying, with the, with the TV and the radio. I, I know in the, for my company, over the last 20 years, uh, we've done a lot of advertising. But yeah. we have found the direct marketing where we actually directly know our clients, yeah. what what their mortgage balance is, when they last purchased the home, refinanced, whatever it may be. Once we can pinpoint it, like you're talking about, you can then customize what they need and, and give them the better options. Well, it's the habits. And if you look right. at the habits, mm -hmm. because, and, and you'll get more educated in this, and I've, I've probably been doing this now for several months and years, mm -hmm. but to really look at a person's habits you know, when when the radio signal goes out, they don't know the habits of the person on the other end. Right. The TV signal doesn't know the habits on mm -hmm. the other end. No one knows it. And we're also going to educate, and this is something else that we'll do, is the the client that comes on and, and is on the show, we're going to give them tools what they should do. Right. You right. know, uh, blog posts. Blogs are very important. If someone writes an article, uh, I learned this probably 11 years ago, that when I write an article on something and it's posted on our website, you know, the next day it's published on Google. And just imagine that you become the expert. So, you know, as much as it is to write a paragraph about something or a trend, it's not that hard work. It's a good bang for the buck. So we'll educate the client that's coming on the other end and say, hey, we'd like you to write a blog post once a week, which we'll post on our line. Oh, perfect. We would like to show you also, you know what, you're going to be on our show in two weeks. Why don't you put it on your home, your Facebook page that you're going to be on? So they'll promote themselves on the show and we'll be promoting the show on the other end. So all these little tools, which really cost nothing for them that we teach them, is such a value. So with the value we give them on their side and the value we give them on our side, we believe it's the best value in the industry. We have a gentleman here, Buzz Van Houten, and Buzz was our first hire. He's our executive vice president. You met Buzz. Yes, yes. And and Buzz comes from the – did you meet Buzz? You know, yes. You, oh, you met Buzz. Yes. And Buzz comes to, from the radio world, 44 years of radio. Mm -hmm. And I was taught by a good friend of mine, be the dumbest one in the company, hire the greatest people. Mm -hmm. And we assembled a team here that is second to none. You guys remember Brass Ring Productions? It was a concert promoter like Live Nation years ago. They did a bunch of concerts. So Rick Craniac, one of the owners of that, is also on board with oh, us. So okay. we'll be doing live events. Matter of fact, we might have live events with your show. Maybe we do a small show or we do a, okay. a seminar where people come and talk to the, the builders and so oh, on. Oh, so, that would be great. So yeah, I'm actually do doing stuff. a seminar next month. And, and it's February, all so great yeah, stuff. That would be perfect. And so I like what we're doing here. But you know what? You guys are really amazing. I, I, I look at the two of you. I'm excited <laughs> for us to have you here because of, of your friendship but your knowledge. And, and this is knowledge that people have to learn, and, and you'll educate people. And, and it's really neat because you can tell people, hey, you know what, we talked about this on this show. Go online and look at this show because it's on there. Right. And the other thing that your clients and your people and your customers are going to be on here is the fact is that digital information, video, is very important. So the content that you two will be producing for these people mm -hmm. is a valuable tool that they'll be able to put on their website and all this stuff. Boy, it almost makes me want to buy a piece of your show to be on the <laughs> show. But it really is exciting. And you look at that and you look at what we're doing here at NRM, and it's it's totally amazing, um, you know, any, and let's talk a little more. What else do you want to add? I was going to say, if any of your listeners are even listening or interested and want more, they can yeah. reach out to either yourself or us. Or Yeah, you're going you're to have you have your emails and stuff. And, but at the end of the day, right now, if you're listening or you're listening, it's on demand, and 99% listen on demand, and we get a lot of response, uh, send us a line at info at newradiomedia.com. Tell them you want to talk to the, the girls from Home Life and you be yeah. that. Or better yet, you want to be a guest on Home Life or you want us to do marketing on Home Life. Yep. 
anything to do with home life, send your information at info at newradiomedia.com, right? Exactly. And it, it's it's like home life it envelops everything. Even if you think it may not be something, you'd be surprised at how quickly it can be a part of your home. It reminds me, we'll set up a, uh, a Gmail or, or a, a, you know, information or a question for people can send questions to you and ask Perfect. you that. So yeah. we'll set up in the next few weeks, we'll send that up so you guys can have people emailing questions mm-hmm. and get that. But once again, I mean, the personalities of you too, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad you're here. And, you know, we always got stage fright. You know, it's always that first time and do that. It's like, and, and, and you guys are hitting it out of the ballpark. I'm telling you, I'm just giving you advice. I've been this in the radio world since like 1977. <laughs> and, and then when you go streaming and you look at that and, you know, we have a camera watching us, it's like, oh, really? And we did a show um, about three months ago, and, and the person listened to me said, I didn't know I was on camera. <laughs> I know my hair was out of place. And I said, no, you did very, very, very well. I'm sure there's a lot of hairs out of place with these. <laughs> no, but it's okay. It doesn't. Listen, people love you for who you are. And don't worry about hairs. But it was really funny because she had no clue that she was on video. And it was really showing. And another funny story is that we were out the other day and we're talking to a new client. And they were on Gracefully Grain with Henry Gornbein. Oh. And they asked on the question, they asked them the question, if you have anything, email me. And she got a couple emails. Wow. And she was so blown away that she got emails that now they're looking at a six-month program with us to be oh, on one great. of the other shows. So, you know, we're doing something right here, right? Yeah. You know, yes. and, and you'll meet the crew. And, you know, we got Angel here. Say hello to Angel. Angel's behind the doors over here. We got Tony on the other side and Alyssa over there. And, and, and we look at stuff. We've got a great crew here. You'll get to know them. But... You know what? I, once again, excited. Anything, Elizabeth, you want to add to this? For you know, to talk to people, we got a few more minutes. You know, what what else should they know about you or the show? I think well, we've covered quite a bit. Um, we don't want to lose it for the show. Right. Oh, no, now they're safe. Silly. Okay, I got it here. <laughs> yeah, we kind of have a little bit of surprises. Oh yeah, some of our guests and. Yeah, I know you got lined up. You, you guys. Yes, I mean, you guys. Yes. I have to say, you're pros because I hear you got the format and lined up. And, oh yeah. And once again. You know, we're only putting on select new shows, and, and you're one of the shows we got coming on and doing that. And, you know, Kim Adams and, and, right. and Today's Good Health, mm-hmm. and we talked about, you know, Gerald Valley and the skateboarding stuff. Mm-hmm. There is so much going on here at NRM. And, and once again, I can't be happier that you two are doing the home show. And we were talking about it for a long time, and things happen just the weir- weirdest ways, I mean. They well, do. we appreciate the opportunity. We're looking forward to uh, this venture, and it's uh, something we haven't, done before no. but we're want to take it and bring it all in and and make a really educational show for, for and we've been people. blessed we've got great families that helped us get to this point as well and friends yeah and mm-hmm. they're the reason we're, we're the able, way we are and mm-hmm. able to be comfortable and talk to people you got to make me one promise. When you two become big stars, will you still talk to me and keep of NRM course. as your home, Absolutely. you know? Because I really believe you're going to be a hit. I want to really thank a very close friend of mine and good friend who helps me out here and partner at NRM, uh, Glenn Hirsch. Uh, Glenn, you have been a uh, godsend to me and the company and, and to bring these two <laughs> girls into us. Um, you and I fight like brothers sometimes. We, we, we're worse than brothers, and sometimes we're better than brothers. <laughs> but, you know, I was out with the two of you last night for dinner, and it's mm-hmm. comforting to be around friends. And, and I feel the same thing with you, Melissa, and I met your husband. Same. He's a great guy. Yes. He actually came up with part of the show. I mean, he, he really looked at that and, and getting to the closing table, the two of you. He, he believes in us and this show. Yeah, we'll have to get him on. He'll be on once in a while. He we'll would put him love that. Here. It will be that, and, and Glenn likes to be on now. I remember he was on with me, and he, he oh, will yeah. get him behind it because, you know, I, I think he's uh, he's 
He's an amazing person. I really can't talk enough about him because of what he's brought here and where things are going. And we're really growing here at NRM. So, you know, if you're listening or you are listening or you're on the, the podcast listening on, on, on demand, you know, we've been here for the last 45 minutes with Melissa and Elizabeth, and they're coming on New Radio Media with Home Life the first part of March. So they'll be busy in the month of February, uh, getting everything ready for the show, getting their guests for the show, doing all that, getting the sponsors for the show. And it will be a great show. We'll be going on Saturday mornings is when we'll probably be doing yeah. that. Okay, great. So we're 8 to 10, 10 to noon on Saturday. We'll get that playing there, recording that, yeah. and get that, and, and uh, we'll be there. And I, I think maybe once in a while you'll maybe throw a guest host on or something. Absolutely. I don't know, and we'll find mm-hmm. out who it is, whether it's your husband or someone else or someone that you work with. And it's really nice because there's so many people that need their information out. And you're really doing a service for these people and doing mm-hmm. a service for the community. Once again, I want to thank you guys for being up, getting up on Saturday thank morning, you, which you normally are up. I know you have we'll a be, closing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and I know you're going to the home show later. And yes. You're going to gain them at the home show. You know, uh, once again, first part of March, Home Life Perfect. with Melissa and Elizabeth starting here on NewRadioMedia.com. You can also get our app at the Google Store or the Android Store. It's uh, NRM Streams, that stream with a Z. We want people to get it and tell all your friends to download the app at NRM Streams. Our new website is up. Our new app will be ready in a couple weeks, and we're doing that. Once again, you're listening to Talking Biz on New Radio Media. I'll see you in two minutes on the other side. As a business owner, you're always looking to save money and cut costs where you can. And if you advertise on radio or television, you know it can get pretty pricey. Radio and TV aren't delivering like they promised, and you're looking for a more reasonably priced way to get your message to the masses? Got an answer for you. New Radio Media. With live streaming and on-demand programming, your message can be seen throughout the day, and you can worry a little less about cutting those costs. For more information, go to newradiomedia.com or call Buzz Van Houten at 248-939-9999. want to see things like this. Did you just say you died? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean technically. Or maybe even something like this. We'll do nothing but destroy your corpses and burn them all for my dogs. Your dogs are gone. And sometimes, a little of this. We need to have a talk. <laughs> I take my axe and I smash it. No! <laughs> and check out Podquesters, the show where we tackle ghoulish goblins, fiendish foes, and dangerous tricks. Oh, like the singer? No, the dragon creature. Anyways, Podquesters, Fridays, only on NewRadioMedia.com. And we're back here at Talking Biz on NewRadioMedia.com on a Saturday morning. Boy, what a show we had today. We had some great guests out there. Our first guest, Tony and Brent Fisher from Hyge and if you watch that segment, or I recommend you go back on uh, on demand to listen to those guys, two entrepreneurs, guys, gentlemen who met them each other in Michigan State in a not a fraternity house, but a house where thirteen guys were living. So it must have been a fun little place for that to happen. Hyde is a interesting wet wipes kind of deal, toilet paper wet wipes. Uh, a good need in the marketplace, I think people realize is you have people that wipe with wets and people like that, and it's biodegradable. And I want you to look at their crowdfunding. Look up for Hyde. 
uh, and uh, give them some money. Get a pre-order from that, and uh, let's help these guys get on the market. Our second guest and, and a new home member of New Radio Media, we had Melissa Landry Presser from Home Life, the new show starting in March, and Elizabeth Gagne, a co-host of Home Life. So really, really good stuff. I uh, want to recap of what's going on here. Also, Kim Adams starting in March here at NewRadioMedia.com with a show called Today's Good Health. If you're a doctor or medical professional and wants to be on that show, uh, send us some info at info at NewRadioMedia.com. Same thing with the home show. Get on to NewRadioMedia.com and do that. We've got uh, Gerald, Gerald Valley coming on with the skateboard show in March. And so a lot of new content. Also, our sports lineup uh, we're working on boxing. We're working on cage matching. We're working on baseball. We're working on fighting in the 50s. We're working on a lot of stuff. So it's really, 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 really good at what's going on here. Once again, um, NewRadioMedia.com, I want to thank everybody, the staff here, what's going on. It's been a long journey, but we got the rocket ship ready to launch even higher and faster and go bigger and bigger. And I'm glad we have such a great staff that is here. Um, home life. I mean, I was really impressed by them. And uh, Angel, put up your mic there a second. You know, um, you think these girls will have a hit? Yeah, I see a hit in the future, definitely. You know, it's it's interesting. They're a little nervous to come on, but they're very well educated in the home business and, and the history they have in the home business. I think it'll be amazing. And, and the same thing with you know the guys with the wipes. Pretty interesting, huh? Yeah, that was an interesting thing. You know, I might want to try one for myself. <laughs> yeah, you know what? They should have left samples here. You know, we should have just said, "Hey, guys, we want to see what's going on." And what's happening, and, and what's happening. You know, once again, we're going to have sports coming on, I'm, and, and what's going on with that. We've, uh, we're in talks with a famous boxer. The deal's not signed yet. A, a world champion that's well-known around the world. So that'll be interesting when we get the boxing stuff going on in the boxing shows. We got wonderful, beautiful woman and, and a very good friend of mine, uh, Jackie Kalen, coming back uh, to do her show after a short leave, and Jackie's going to have some amazing shows. We also have an interesting show we're going to have on boxing starting relatively soon. Our own Glenn Hirsch, uh, Jackie Kalen, and a friend of ours, Claire, who's also been in the boxing game, they're going to be here live and doing a show about boxing, bringing in amateurs and pros and all the other stuff. So we got great stuff. Also, the tennis shoe show, the sneaker show coming on. All this great content that's going to come here at NRM is just such a beautiful thing in what we're going to be doing. But, you know, once again, it, it's been a long journey where we are and what we're doing and how it's going. Um, I can't wait to have my co-host back in the studio next week, Peter Perlman, uh, and to talk about some new guests. Peter is a pro. Uh, we did a show back in 2012 on ESPN, and Peter would find guests that we had them beat before the TV and radio stations and newspapers found them. Peter found these guys. So it was really interesting to see the new people we could talk about talking business. How many people from 2012 have launched businesses that are still in business that were guests on our show? So it's really, really exciting to do that and bring that back to NRM and do that. Uh, if you're listening and, once again, you'd like to have a show on NRM or be a guest on a show, send us info at info or send us a line, excuse me, in info at newradiomedia.com. Also look at our app at NRM Streams. Um, our production staff, our engineers, and everything else, our IT department has been working on the new app. Ready to launch, they say, in about two, three weeks there. Uh, I really want to thank the crews behind that, Alan and Andy and everyone who's worked on that. We have such a team here that is just beautiful people. I call it our family, and it truly is a family. I, the, the people have been here. I'm looking at Tony. Tony, you've been here about over a year now, about a year. You know, I want to thank you. And let's over there. We got everyone here. And just look at people that are really here. And, and, and Angel, you and you're a hardworking guy. You do your route. And you come in here. And 
I can't thank you enough. Thank you know, you appreciate and I really, really love the family we have at NRM and, and the people we are doing. If you want to, actually, if you want to intern here, and we're looking for interns for social media right now, we're going to build a social media staff of about 30, 40 people. If you want to intern on social media, uh, send us a line at info at newradiomedia.com. Uh, we, the doors are open. We're hiring for those folks to do that. So we're going to be building again. You know, you look at the company. We found the right niche. I want to thank people in the company, Glenn Hirsch. I want to thank Ian Benzman. I want to thank Jess. I want to thank Buzz. I want to thank Tom. I want to thank everybody. If I forgot your name, I want to thank you for being at NewRadioMedia.com. Um, you know, it's it's topical. Whatever's topic, if you got something you want to talk about, anything, information, we're going to build a lot about this. We've got some great content that is national content, international content, but we're also hyper-local. So we want you to know that if it's local news or local stuff you want to be, if your community you want to be on, <coughs> excuse me, we can cover about anything. If you're uh, looking to get a car or just want to see what's going on, don't forget the auto show is down at Cobo Hall. Uh, this is the last big one for December. It's moving to June, and you do that. Uh, so get on down there. We talked a little about the automotive industry. The opinion, again, is that the automotive industry, industry is not going away. It's just being readjusted, just like everything else. Uh, you know, the way streaming and digital is affecting other medias. Um, technology is advancement, and it changes. And, folks, if you're afraid of changes, don't be afraid. Embrace it. Take a look at it. See it understand it and the best thing to do to understand changes is education and if you want to listen to different topics and look at stuff hey go to our our website newradiomedia.com or our app look at the shows and the archives and there's a lot of education out there we have a uh, short films that are on there we've got a lot of entertainment on demand and it's funny because i'm watching cable and i said out of the 700 channels there's nothing to watch it's just really amazing so shift over to nrm and our content um, this has been a show that's flown by every every week. This thing goes by like it's a rocket ship. Two hours flies by. And uh, once again, thanking the staff that gets up bright and early to do this. Uh, I want to thank everyone once again. I feel like I'm the Oscar show. I want to thank this person or this person. Anyways, that's where we are. You're listening to New Radio Media. I'm Paul Benzman. This has been Talking Biz. Have a wonderful Saturday, folks. We'll see you next Saturday at 8 a.m. <laughs>